Recorded live. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today for Conversations and Support for Targeted Individuals. Today is Sunday, July 10th, 2016, and I am your host, Renata. We will open up with a scripture. And this scripture, I have more than one. I'll just pick one. I'll pick this short one here. Um, this comes from Psalms 34 and 14 in King James Version, and it says, Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Okay? We have to separate ourselves from evil doers, evil people, evil situations, evil anything. We have to separate. We have to make a conscious effort. If you know that something you're involved with is not good, it's is is evil. If you know people that you're involved with is not good, you have to depart from that and separate yourself and look for peace. The scripture says seek peace. That means look for it. Peace may not always come to you. You have to pray for peace. God is peace. Uh, You have to look for it. You have to go towards peace and away from uh, the turmoil. Okay, amen. The scripture is Psalms 34 and 14. Okay, let's just pray. Uh, Dear Lord, your word says in everything to give thanks. So we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for bringing us together once again to lift up your holy name. Help us, Lord, to seek peace, Lord, to seek you, to seek refuge in this dying world, Lord. We ask you to shine your light on on the evils of this world, Lord, on, on everything in this world, Lord, that is just dying and crumbling before our eyes, Lord. We ask you to comfort the families of the slain slain young men and the officers' families that were killed this past week, Lord. We ask you to give them your peace, Lord, your peace that surpasses all understanding. Bring peace upon this land, Lord. Give these people justice, Lord. Give them answers to what, what is happening, Lord. Lord, only you can bring peace, Lord, upon this land. And we ask you, Lord, to guide our world leaders and to making the right decisions, Lord, for all of us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a lot going on, you guys. There's a lot going on. Um, and we're going to talk about some of those things today. Um, but first, let me welcome the visitors. If there are any visitors here, we welcome you. Um, and we thank you for being here. And thank whoever uh, told you about this call. Sincerely happy that you are here um, we hope that this call exceeds your expectations. We hope that you feel comfortable, that you get good information, um, but more importantly, that you get the support that you need to get past some of the difficulties that we all deal with being um, targeted individuals. Um, the purpose of this call is not to glorify Satan or anything that this dark world has to offer, but to process what's happening to us because talking about your problems and the things that we go through can sometimes help us to feel better, and it can help us to gain the understanding that we need. So hopefully you'll get the support that you need here. Um, We also share information, try to find solutions, and hear different perspectives to what's going on with the targeting. And just to be there as a support system for one another, because one of the things that happens, as you all know, once you are targeted, 
uh, isolation is a huge uh, piece of the targeting. So we're here together. We're not alone, and it's important to know that. If you uh, desire to go to church, but you have not gone out to church, or even if you go to church, but you want to listen to different ministries throughout the week, there are a few ministries that some of us here enjoy listening to. Most of them you can find on YouTube. One is called Three Hearts Church. She does know about targeting. One is called Destined Ministries. And Dr. Charles Stanley, you can look him up on YouTube. I, I enjoy his uh, his teachings. Uh, Fitz Houston, F-I-T-Z-H-O-U-S-T-O-N. He's on YouTube as well. And then Refuge from the Storm, uh, which is uh, Dr. Millicent Black. She has a, a virtual church, and it is here on TalkShoe. The call ID number is 140567, and she is every Saturday from uh, 3 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, and I think she goes about an hour and a half. Um, thank you to Sister Angie for sending me information on um, Dr. Millicent Black. And I need to check this text real quick because Angie sent me something. I want to make sure of what she sent me. Let's see. Oh, okay. So the text that uh, Angie Pittman, who's on this call today, sent me is for another, looks like another ministry. And the sister's name is Juanita. And it's a Wednesday Bible study and church conference call on Saturdays, okay? So let me get that number. It's here on TalkShoe. Let me see. Okay. Oh, maybe it's not on top two. Okay, I'm sorry. The number is 712-432-3900, and the PIN number is 874-232. Thank you, Sister Angie, for that information. So I'll make sure I write that down, and I will announce it um, in a more clear manner next week, okay? So thank you again. All right, so there's a lot to talk about today, you guys, a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on in this world uh, that we all should be concerned about. So we're going to talk about the recent killings of the police officers, um, the recent killings of the young men. There have been more than two. There were two young men initially, but now it's up to three or four, okay, and it's just out of control. So we're going to talk about that, and I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts on it as well. Um, I'm going to record. I have my thoughts on it, and I'm going to record my thoughts so that I can put them on YouTube. So I'll have you guys on hold while I do that, and then I'll open it up, and you guys are, are welcome to to um, to air your, your thoughts on it. Uh, but before we do that, let me just um, say that I missed you guys so much last week. I missed you guys last week, and then the week before last I was here, but then the week before that I was not here because it was Father's Day. So it seems like I've been missing you guys more and more. 
Um, and I'm happy to be back. We we had a really good vacation. We went on a uh, carnival cruise, which that was my first time on a cruise ship. Well, I've been on local cruise ships because we have one that goes around the San Francisco Bay Area. So I've been on that one many times. But I've never been on a cruise cruise, like to another country. So that was my first time. Um, and we went to the Bahamas. Uh, but before going to the Bahamas, we had to fly to uh, to Florida, and um, and that's where you actually take the boat in Miami. And I have never been to Miami. That was one of the places we wanted to go as well. So it was sort of like a double vacation, and it was it was much needed. It was uh, it was really good. It was long. The flights were long. Um, and I did as I said. I was able to meet Elvira while I was there, so that was really that was really cool. Uh, we rented a car because we stayed in Miami. We got to Miami a day early, so we was able to do a few things, and then we stayed a day late. So we were there on the Fourth of July, and um, and that's when we were able to drive over and meet Elvira. So that was really cool. I was able to give Elvira a hug, and now have the name with the face. So um, so that was good. Uh, Jay also lives in Florida, but he was further away. I did speak to him while, while I was there, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, Jay was probably like six or eight hours away, so we weren't able to, um, to go and see him. But it's always good, you know, when you're in the area of someone that you've been talking to for a while and you've come to know over the phone, if you can go and meet them. So, so I'm really happy I was able to meet Elvira. Um, as far as the trip, as far as the targeting, the targeting was there. <laughs> it does not go away. It was there from the moment we left the house to the moment we got back six or seven days later. It was it was there. Um, TSA, I have to say TSA was not bad going through, you know, TSA. Sometimes you expect to be targeted with those people, but that wasn't bad. But I remember, I'm always cautious of them because I remember before I really knew that I was targeted, we had taken a local trip, like from here to L.A. or something. I think we went to Disneyland. And they kept our luggage. So that was one of the early indicators that something really seriously was was wrong. Um, They kept our luggage, and we didn't understand why they kept our luggage. So we had to sit at the airport while um, while they searched our luggage and everything. And then we had this big note inside the suitcase when we finally got it back, and it said that TSA suspected some things, so they kept our luggage. And that just kind of messed up the whole trip because I remember having this real eerie feeling in my stomach, like something's wrong. Like why are they putting this note in here? Why are they keeping our luggage? And and putting his note saying that they suspected us or something. So I really could not enjoy that trip. And since that time, I don't check my luggage anymore. I just don't check my luggage because I just don't trust them, to be honest. So what I did this time was I bought everyone their own little carry-on that you can, you know, on the wheels, and it's just enough for one person. And we did it like that. Everybody just had their own carry-on. I just don't. I was just creeped out by that, and I just don't like checking my luggage just because of that, because that just made me realize, like, 
these people could do anything. They could plant anything on you. Like, I just, so that's how we do the luggage now. Everybody just takes their carry-on and kind of works out better anyway because all your stuff is, is in one luggage. Uh, but that experience with TSA wasn't too bad. Um, but they had people at the airport targeting us, particularly um, people who appeared to be captains. I don't know if they were they, – they appeared to be the people who were flying the planes, but, you know, you never know with these people. They could just be having people dressed like that. I don't know. But they were always, like, sitting by us or walking around us and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, once they got my attention, I noticed that every time I would go to the bathroom, there would be a, like an airline stewardess type person in the bathroom. So, you know, those kinds of stuff like that. Um, and then on the boat, the staff, it was the same thing, like the people who were dressed like they were captains or whatever. They were always around us. And uh, they had quite a few quite a few families following us, quite a few. These people appeared to me to be just people that were on um, the trip, just like we were. But it's almost one of the tactics they use a lot with me is like the one that I'm sure you all have seen on YouTube where uh, I think it was What Would You Do, where that man uh, pulls people, regular people, out of the grocery store and says, do this to that person or do that to that person and they would follow the person. And I think one person even went so far as to uh, taking a little kid because the man had a badge and he told her to do that. That They used that tactic on me a lot. So these people that were following us around the ship, they were uh, they seemed to me to be regular people that were really on the cruise, but they had been asked to do this. Um, but nevertheless, it you know, it didn't stop me. It just made me realize, like, wow, it really – doesn't matter where a target goes. This stuff continues. So we're all the way in the Bahamas, and we're getting targeted <laughs> by, what do you call the people, bohemian, bohemian people, um, and everybody else, you know. So, And I just constantly had to keep reminding myself that I had just did a little talk on this call saying, when you're targeted, you're targeted. It's going to happen. And I had to constantly remind myself, don't. Allow yourself to go there, Renata. You're targeted. The word has got all the way across these seas over here. You know that you're, you know, to follow you. So, so it happened. You know, it happened. But um, the cruise itself, it was, it was good. It was good. It was, um, you know, you get you eat all the food you want to eat. I'm sure you guys have already heard that, and you guys have probably been on cruises. But you eat all the foods you want to eat, um, and then they have a separate dinner time for you to go, like, to a more fancier restaurant at night. We didn't like that food, so eventually we stopped going there. Um, and there's tons of activities on the boat, everything you want to do. There's casinos. There's bingo. We did play bingo a couple nights. I used to play bingo years ago, but I had to stop because bingo was very addicting. Um, but we, we played a couple cards of bingo. They had comedy on the on the ship. They had they had all these activities. Um the cabin was tight, you know, it was tight, but it was okay. Every, every time we came outside of our cabin, we were gonna go somewhere, every single time there was an employee standing by our door. It was either the people who were cleaning 
or somebody who was running the ship or every, every, and I do mean every time we went in or out, there was, you know, those people there. So you had to deal with that. But, uh, and it was hot. It was so hot in the Bahamas. So, so, so hot. Um, really hot. <laughs> but the culture is, the culture is nice. It was really good to see our people, you know, my people. And, 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 you know, working everywhere, um, I learned to be even more grateful than I already am because those people struggle. And I don't care what we go through over here, we are blessed. We are really, really blessed. Um, when we got to the other side of the border, you have to, like, walk through this fence where this man is standing there with his rifle uh, looking like he's about to kill everybody. But we had to go across the border like that. Uh, thank God we had passports because being on the ship, you could, you can bring your birth certificate. That's sufficient enough because you're on a cruise. But just to let you guys know, if you ever plan on going on a cruise, do get a passport even though you can do the birth certificate because it's just a whole lot easier. Because they take the, the people who had just a birth certificate, they had to go through a whole lot of questioning and all of that kind of stuff. So we get to the other side of the border, and let me know if I'm boring you guys with this too. I just wanted to share it. But we get to the other side of the border, and um, let's see what happens. So you have all these people trying to get you to go on their on their tours with them. So we were going to go with this one guy, and he told us, stand over here. So we, we stood over there, but in the meantime, we went to look at a few of the little shops because he said five or ten minutes. Um, couldn't find him. We couldn't find him anywhere. So we decided, well, we'll just go with the next person. Well, my husband wanted to wait for him, but I said, he, it seems like he left us, so we'll just go with the next person. So we went with this other guy approached us. He's like, I'll take you around. He told us where he would take us and how much he would charge and all of this stuff. So we ended up going with him, which really was a blessing in disguise because it turns out that the guy had lived 21 years here in Oakland. So he knew all the streets that we knew. Um, He and my husband became chummy chum. They decided that they would keep in touch with each other. He took, and, and another good thing about going with him, it was just our family. So it was a private tour, which was better for me than being in the car with, you know, five or six other people. Um, so he took us, and, and he took us around to all these places, and he even took us to his own neighborhood where we met his mother, and he showed us places that you would not see on any other tour. He showed, He told us, he said, I'm going to show you how, the rich people live. I'm going to show you how the poor people live. And it, uh, Nassau, is, it, it seems to be kind of a small island, but they have very rich people there, very, very rich people. And then he, uh, and then he took us to the, the, the poor area. And the poor area um, shocked me because for some reason I didn't know people still live like that. And that's why I say we are blessed because we don't see this kind of stuff. There were little girls, and I took a picture. There was little girls um, walking to like a community water well, I guess it was, where she was getting water for her family. And he was telling us that 
most people in this particular neighborhood do not have running water in their house, and they walk to this community water well to fill up these jugs. It was just sad. I, I honestly, I didn't know that people still live like that, and that's just my own ignorance because I didn't. I, in 2016, I did not know that people still live like that. Um, so that helped me to be more humble and more grateful for what I have. Um, and he said that their minimum wage is $5 an hour, and that's sad because he was like, how does a grown man, you know, live off of that or, or, or a family of two or three or whatever? Um, their main source of income is tourism, so we were careful to mainly buy. We did not buy a lot of souvenirs, but the things that we did buy, we were careful to buy them from the Native people because those other places, they already have money. These people, we saw people making um, roofs for their home because they get hurricanes over there, so they have to be ready for all that. We saw them making them out of straw, you know, so we were trying to be in tune to that and try to support those people because without the tourism, they don't eat. They don't live. That's how they make their money. So it was it was um it was a life changing experience for me, a reality check, I should say, for me. It really was. Um America has its problems, definitely. We saw that last week and even before that. But we're doing better than in a lot of places. I won't say than every place, but then a lot of places. Um, and something needs to change. It really does. And and those are my people. You know, we all look the same. I don't care where you go, we look the same. You know, and I, I just feel bad about um about those people living like that. And then there was a hotel, uh, the Atlantis hotel that everybody was raving about and you have to go to this hotel and you have to see this chair, quote unquote chair. And so the guy drove us over there, and it was this huge chair. It was like a big old king chair or something, and people were in line to take pictures in this chair. So we did that. And I kept saying, I heard the story of Atlantis, but I just don't remember the story. And so I looked it up when I got home because it was in the back of my mind, like, Atlantis, I know I've heard something about that. And what I what I read was that, Atlantis was a city in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean that just disappeared with all these people, like millions of people in this city, and it just disappeared out of thin air, and this was supposed to be way back in the, I don't know, 1800s or something. So that's the story of Atlantis, which I thought was pretty interesting because I knew I had heard something. And according to the Internet, some are saying it's, a fictitious story and some are saying it's true, so I don't know. But I guess the Atlantis Hotel was um, designed after that city, and it was a fabulous hotel. Um, But I couldn't appreciate it because I'm thinking about these people on the other side of town who I saw living how how they were living, you know, getting water out of this well. And then you go in this hotel, and it looks like Rodeo Drive. If you guys have ever been to Rodeo Drive, out here in California where all the celebrities shop. It's, like, amazing. So that's how that hotel looked in comparison to to these um, poor neighborhoods. And then the guy told us how a lot of celebrities buy homes over there, and they live well, and he showed us some of those homes. So 
It, it overall it was good. It was a good trip. It was just hot. I'm not a heat person. Um and I learned something about myself while the the um the cruise was good. I am definitely a land person. I am not a sea person. I love water. I love the sounds of the ocean. I like to look at it. I like to sit by it. I like to dip my feet in it every now and then. But I would not like to live on it because I was I had to um I had to not allow my mind to go there. Like looking out the window and realizing I'm in the middle of the ocean. I cannot get off of this boat if I want to. That that gave me anxiety. That really gave me anxiety. So I had to keep bringing it in like it's going to be okay. <laughs> so if I ever did a cruise like that again, they would have to dock like every day to let me off to get some land. I'm I'm a land person. I'm not a sea person. I know people live on their boats and all of that, and I could probably do that if I can open that boat door and come out, but I just, that was too confining for me. I like to open the door and go when I want to go, and to be in the middle of an ocean for two days, mm -mm, I don't think I'll be doing that again. So anyway, that's how my vacation was. Um, Start eight, if you'd like to speak, and then we're going to talk about the the recent happenings in our world. Right. Okay, if not, I will move on. Probably next week, actually this week, I had planned to talk about ways that people can take inexpensive vacations because it's really important to give yourself that break I really needed that break. I was at that point where I really, really, really needed that break. Just, you know, going through all the targeting and all of that. And I'll tell you, as soon as we got back, like I felt rested because I was getting rest. But as soon as we got back, I was right back to to square one. I was right back to square one with the um, extreme fatigue, my allergies started all over again. I was just tired. My body was hurting. I mean, as soon as we got back, it was very interesting how that happened. Hello, targeted and harassed. All right, Renata. I, I came in a few minutes late, but I wanted to ask you, or, you know, about the vacation. I know you had a good time and all that. Uh, and I know that you was targeted, but I wanted to ask you, did, the, did they use that tactic on you, or did you say about uh, them having the people you, you know know in place? Did you run into anybody? No, you know? no, they didn't. I'm glad you brought that up. You know that this, and, and, and what Targeted Harass is talking about is before I went on vacation, I had shared with you guys that I have not been anywhere in many, many, many years where... Um, we're on vacation, and we run into someone that we know. We far, far, far away, because we have been in Atlanta and other places, and someone from the past shows up, and it's not a coincidence. After a while, it's just not a coincidence. I've had people pop up at airports, on the plane, at Martin Luther King um, uh, Museum, just everywhere we have traveled. And at first, it was like, oh, what a coincidence. But once I learned about targeting, I realized that's not a coincidence. This is happening too much. So I mentioned that on the call, and it did not happen this time. And I thought about that, and I kind of chuckled about that because I said to myself, 
there is something to exposing. When you expose stuff, some things kind of go away, and that did go away. But what they did do was they had, because in that same conversation I mentioned people that we know always pop up, and they pop up in multiple places. So what happened was these stranger people, they kept popping up in multiple places. But these were people from the boat. I didn't really know them. But they were here with us, there with us, here with us. And it was too many, it was thousands of people on that boat. So too many people on the boat for these same people to be popping up everywhere. So that was interesting. But, no, that that did not happen. Thank you for asking. Okay, because I, I want to just make mention this briefly before I go ahead on. Um, uh, like I say, I don't care where, where you go to for everybody. To listen. I don't care where you go or where, where we are. It's something about the perks that you get that you pick them out because they're, they're actually see the same people over in a strange place. It's just not normal because I went from right. Indiana all the way to California, and every time I got on the train, same people, you know, you could just you could just, just find it out. So that's just something for everybody to be aware of. I don't care where you go, they there. <laughs> I just had to say that, Renata. But I do want to say that's this to you, Renata. I missed you so much for these last couple of weeks of not being on the show and everything because I just still have to tell you over and over what a blessing it is to have your show and have the context where we can come in and you allow us to speak and give, you know, say what we have to say. You mute everybody and you allow us to talk about God and Jesus. It's nothing like it that on, on, on none of the calls that allow us to speak freely about God and Jesus, and I just want to thank you again for that. I might say that over and over every week. But I do thank you. I thank God for allow you know allowing you to do it too. Thank, thank you for that, Renata. Thank you. I appreciate it. I really okay. Do. Now I want to. I'm gonna read my, my paper. It's not gonna be too long, even though I haven't been able on the calls. But I just some things I just need to say, Renata. I, I say that every week, but I I do because because it's documentation, and I and I just thank you for it. Okay. 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 The recent shootings have even more so confirm God's word. Matthew 24 and 12 says, and because iniquity, which is violation of law or wickedness, iniquity um, abounds, which is to increase the love or affection of man shall wax or grow cold. The Bible says how man is growing cold, and we can see this with our very eyes. Because the word of God has said man's heart is growing cold, tells us why things are happening all over the world and is in our own lives. As you handle and those involved in my 24-hour surveillance already know that I have listed on the call some of the names of the people involved in my surveillance. When you open the files on me to expose or further demean my character, remember, you are also opening the files on yourself. It's been years now that you have had me under 24-hour surveillance. You know my character, that I love God. But now I can ask the question, why is this 24-hour surveillance an unlawful tactic that you use on me? isn't used on those that are committing all of these unnecessary killings. I also ask the question, why are those who commit these killings most times killed before they can answer for their crimes? 
I can only begin at the local level and open doors to expose those people that I have listed on Renata's call. All I ever wanted to do was be a law-abiding citizen and mind my own business. But it was you who came after me. I told you repeatedly that God said, no weapon formed against me should prosper. Ephesians 6 and 16 tells me, above, above all things, take the faith wherewith he shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. He said, I'm going to quench all the fiery darts, not some, but all. And Ephesians 6 and 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the word of God. Word, the sword is the word of God, and that's why I believe it. Ephesians 6 and 20, for which I am an ambassador in chains, the chains being of being spied on, 24 hours of surveillance, harassed, and etc. cetera. There, therein, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. That's why I've come to the call we not and expose everybody I can, because God said I could speak boldly, and I thank you for allowing me to do it. Thank you, Renata. Thank you, Targeted and Harass. Thanks. Put you on hold here. I love how she exposes um, her purse. It takes a while to get to that point, but you just come to the point where, you know what, I'm going to tell it, because you start to realize that they are controlling you with silence. They're trying to keep you silent. So I'm proud of you, Targeted and Harass. Okay. Star 8, if you would like to speak. Hello. Hey, Renata. It's Wanda. Welcome back. Thank you, Wanda. How are you? I'm fine. I'm glad you enjoyed your trip. We missed you. I echo I echo targeted and harassed comments. <clears throat> uh, this is really quick, if I may. I just wanted to uh, ask people if they don't know, and remind people, for those who do, about the um, TI Media Rally Day on July 23rd, a couple of weeks, in uh, Palms River, New Jersey. And hopefully more people will. I, I understand that this seems like there's a, a, a the, the attendance is growing. More people are talking about attending. So hopefully uh, people will go to the... TI Awareness Campaign.com website to read the flyer and get the address and the, the time so that they can um, come out. Anybody in New York, New Jersey, Maryland, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, those kind of areas, it's not a bad drive uh, to attend. And I understand there are people coming from other areas too, not just on the East Coast, which is wonderful. I also understand that Derek is going to be doing, Derek Robinson is going to be doing a Skype response to um, to the article. So it's very well organized, and if people would um, just, just um, look at the website, hopefully we'll get more support. We've talked about this. We wanted to respond. There's a response, a very organized response, um, coordinated, and now we just need the TIs to um, come out and support and participate. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Wanda. Um, yes, you guys, please um, support. Jamie has been working very hard on this, um, and others, and others. 
um, and I'm not sure who all is involved, so I don't want to call names, but I know that others are involved in the planning. And um, Action Committee 16 is going to actually um, assist in as much as we can as well. So please support that, you guys. And uh, the website, again, I think it's tiawareness.com. Is that right, Wanda? It's tiawarenesscampaign.com. Campaign. Yes. And she's actually having phone calls every Thursday night from 9 until 10 up to the 23rd, you know, the, the Thursday before the 23rd, just to, to we are like modifying as she's getting suggestions and ideas from people on the program, even though it's very well laid out, very well organized. Um, from what I understand, it's going to be videotaped and then distributed to the media as well as placed on YouTube. And then, of course, we want to just distribute it, all of us, forward it as much as we can to anybody who, who would also post it. Um, but that's what I understand the plan to be. So that Thursday night call is really important for anybody that's interested in learning more about and just actually hearing the conversation about how uh, that day, that media day, is actually being um, organized and planned. Good. Thank you so much, Wanda. Thank you. All right, you guys. Support, support. Hello, Oregon. Hi, can you hear me okay? I can. Okay, great. Hold on one second. Let me get you through. All right, guys. Hold on. Let me switch my phone. Okay, so this is better. Anyways, I'm glad you had a good um, time on your trip. Um, sounds like it was really um, a good trip overall. And um, I just wanted to read this. Can you hear me okay? I can. Go ahead. Okay, sorry, Renata, I'm having some phone issues. Anyway, so I wanted to read this thing, um, if it's okay. Um, it's from uh, a book of devotions. Hold on one second. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Please. Sorry, I'm on the phone. Okay. Um, it's from Courage. Um, and it, Kenley has written a book about devotions, and he is a targeted person. And um, he sent me his original book, and it's about courage. Um, and it says, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart because of him thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine or Philistine from Samuel and it says David had little fear of fighting the giant Goliath because he knew God was with him he had already killed a lion and bear with God so David invoked the name of God when facing Goliath and that's what we're dealing with is Goliath guys he slung a stone at Goliath's forehead and Goliath went down when there are giants in our lives we should also invoke his name for courage the Bible says through God we shall do but valiantly, for he, for it is he who shall tread down our enemies. God is a partner we can count, trust to defeat the enemy. Dear Lord, with you all things are indeed possible. Strengthen me to be courageous for your sake. Amen. And I just thought that was really apropos for what we're dealing with. That is good. Very good. Thank you for sharing. No problem. Did you want to say anything else? Um, yeah, I'm just going to make sure that we're all, uh, you know, on board for the TI awareness, if, you, if that's at all possible. I know that this Saturday in Seattle, Washington, if you're in the area, um, I believe it's at the library, um, there will be some uh, tapings going on to support this. Um, so, you know, I really hope everyone can partake in this uh, event. It can be really powerful. So, 
Now, where are the tapings going to take place? Um, which, it's which in state, Seattle. Which city? Washington, Seattle, Washington. On Seattle, okay. Yeah. So she has them going off um, in different parts of the country. Um, um, so, yeah, I really hope if you can, if you can get involved in any way, that would be, you know, great. Because, um, yeah, this can be a really powerful tool to bring our message to people. Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. good. A joint yeah. effort, you know. It's always power in numbers. So. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, power in numbers for real. That is absolutely true. And, uh, yeah, thank you for having this call. No problem. Thank you. Put you on hold. Star 8, if you'd like to speak. Hello. 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 Hey, Renata. Hey, Kathy. How are you? I'm doing okay. I've had a couple of things that have been challenging going on. But we'll talk later about that when you get a moment. Um, but I was wondering if there is a call-in number for the um, the preparation for the July awareness campaign that somebody just spoke about. There was a call. If um, anyone has that number. Okay. If anyone has the number for the um, uh, media day call. That happens on Wednesdays, I believe it is. Please let us know. Okay, someone will give it to us. Okay, thank you, Renata. And I'm glad you're back and had a wonderful trip. Yeah, I did. Thank you. Okay, did you want to say anything else? No, that's it for now. Thank you. Someone will give us the information in a moment, I'm sure. Okay, okay. Indiana, hello. Hey, Renata, it's Lauren. I'm glad you had a nice vacation. How was the chow? How was what? How was the chow, the food? The food food was good. You know, you always hear about on these chips how you get all the food you want, which is true, and I'm sure I probably gained 20 pounds. Um, But it was good food. It was really good food. They had just about every type of food you could think of, and they had at least two restaurants that I know about. One was for more of a formal dinner, and then one and then one of them was open all night. So it was it was just good. That sounds delicious. That sounds delicious. Uh, I'm I'm on board too with helping the TI awareness day. I think it's I think it's a good idea. It's it's this time. Our the way our country is shifting and what they what plans something. They have their plans is for something very bad to happen, and it's going to affect all of us. But as targets, we need to get out there. This is the time for us for this to be exposed. It's been time, but this is the perfect storm. It's rocky, roady, chaotic, and it needs to come out. It's true. I agree. In a big way. And I think the media is getting tired of having to make their bread and butter with the elite, you know, suppressing things. I think they're getting tired, quietly tired. You know what I'm saying? I think it needs to come out. Everything does. Our country is not in good shape. Not at all. It's not in good shape. We're going to talk about what's going on. How's your sister going? Oh, she's still being plagued with the, the voices, very uh, abusive. 
I've got to go with her to dialysis. We're still starting the process over in Chicago of getting a living donor. They threaten our other sister in California constantly. They're coming in our house. She's getting more neurotic of what to eat because she claims everything's coming over. And, oh, last week, the heat and stuff, they they left some type of, I don't know, like maggots. It was like all day washing, clothes, and cleaning. So I don't know what they're able to put in here. Or some of them lie and say it comes through her body. I don't know if they're able to do that, but it's almost as if they can hit frequencies that, that create a pestilence in the body. Wow. So it's really, I never, they never done that before. But I was washing her hair with the red stuff, trying to get rid of it. I washed mine with it. I don't know. But they're just really, on octane, really, really abusing us. And they've been very, very mean. They talk to you very mean. Racial epitaphs, you're a slave. You're going to sing for us and validate your music that we're trying to steal. And she's like, no. Hmm. Wow. So, I don't know. I hope so, too. They're messing with her dreams and stuff, too. They're still trying to get what they want. And she starts out something, and then they say in the dreams, all of a sudden, it just closed down. And they, they keep trying to come back, and they say, I will know, we can't get her. She's offline. Not nothing. It's a spiritual war. It is. It's a spiritual war. I agree with war. that. It's hard. I'm losing sleep. I'm tired. But that's it. That's all I wanted to say. I want everything to get out. I don't care if it's, it's media, protesting, legislation. It all needs to come out. This needs to be the 99% need to know exactly what they're doing to us in this country, around the world. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Thanks, Renata. Thank you. Okay, star 8, if you would like to speak. Star 8. Hello. Hey, Renata, it's Wanda again. I had the phone number for the conference call on Thursdays. Uh, Let me see. I just walked away. The number is 712-777-7031. And and the the call number or the, the password or whatever you want to call it is 779 Two seven two five four nine. That's Thursdays from nine to ten p.m. Eastern Standard. Nine to ten. Nine to ten p.m. Yes, Eastern Standard. Thanks so much, Wanda. Okay, you're welcome. Okay, so let me just give that again for you guys for the TI Media Day. Um. The call is every Thursday, 9 to 10 p.m., uh, excuse me, 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And the dial-in number is 712-777-7031, and the code is 779-272-549. That's a long code. Thank you for the information, Wanda. Uh oh, I'm gonna say something wrong because Wanda push Wanda lit up again. Hello? <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing, that's correct. <laughs> it's seven seven five. So it's seven one two seven seven five seventy thirty one seven zero three one. Yeah. 
you know, still got little walking in there and uh, took care of some errands. And um just back home now, chiming in, just wanting to uh, say my two cents in there and welcome you back officially. Thank you, and I like the fact that you get out. That's a very good example for other TIs because I know that the uh, organized stalking is pretty heavy on you, but it doesn't stop you from getting out living your life, and that's such an important message to send to everyone is that you still get out, get the fresh air, breathe in the chemtrails, as I like to say, uh, <laughs> and, and, and you know, and live your life. I really admire that about you. Thank you. Thank you, sister. I mean, God is with me, first and foremost. That's uh, number one. Uh, and also, you know, you get to a point where you're like, you know what, <laughs> this is ridiculous. You know, they're going to be there regardless. You know, you find a way to either circumvent around it or you cope. You find a coping mechanism, you know. And mine, as you already know, is just to counter them every chance I get in my own way psychologically. And uh, it seems to work for me, you know. And uh, God is with me. What can I say? Good for you. Well, keep up the good work and keep moving forward. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Let's put you in hold. Star 8, if you'd like to speak, because now we're going to move on. Hang on one sec, you guys. Okay. So we will move on and just allow me to um, allow me to vent for a moment. I'm going to record this too for YouTube, so um, you guys can start eight if you have comments. I would definitely love to hear your comments on the recent uh, activities. Okay, so let me just start this recording. Okay, so just uh, I, I would like to weigh in on uh, the recent activities that we've all seen in in the U.S. over this past week um, because of the two uh, black men that were killed at the hands of police officers. Uh, one of them was Alton Sterling. He was shot during an altercation with the police outside of a convenience store in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. This man was selling CDs, and according to most accounts, he has been selling CDs for years out there um, and has been harassed in the past, but this recent harassment uh, turned out to be fatal for him. Um, I know that he was a father. Um, I believe he was married. I'm not sure if he was married to the children's mother, but... um, that he was killed, you know, selling CDs, and no one should 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 buy that way. Um, the other person was uh, Philando Castile. He was shot in Minnesota during a traffic stop. I believe they said that his tail light, uh, one of his tail lights, was out. Um, the reason that his killing um, caused an uproar, well, one of the reasons. Um, aside from the fact that he was uh, another, yet another black man who was killed by police, but uh, also his girlfriend live-streamed the killing to the Internet. Now, she didn't get the entire killing, but she got sort of the aftermath. So her live-streaming shows him laying in the seat dead and her questioning why this happened. 
Um, and so needless to say that these two killings caused an uproar here in America. Um, so people started protesting, as you guys know, and uh, one of the protests in, in Dallas um, ended up with five police officers killed and I believe it was seven people that were that were wounded. And so this is all a tragedy. I don't care how you look at it, it's a tragedy. And uh, these things shouldn't happen and it needs to stop. Um, so out of all of this, there has uh, become a controversy about the Black Lives Matter movement. And that's kind of what I want to focus on, okay? So I want to just preface everything that I'm about to say with this is my opinion. Nobody has to agree with me. This is just me, um, a regular citizen who is upset about all of this. I want to express my viewpoint. Um, I hope that none of this comes off racist because I am not a racist person. And just me having to make that statement kind of makes me feel some type of way because I shouldn't have to defend um, my stance, and I should not feel like I have to say that I'm not racist because anybody that knows me knows that I'm not. Um, but it also makes me feel like anytime a black person shows self-love or love for their race, we do feel like we have to defend it. Some of us, I can't speak for everybody, but some of us, because then we get called racist, but there's nothing wrong with loving your own, okay? Nothing wrong. White people should love their own. Chinese people should love their own. Hispanics should love their own. And black people, we have a right to love our own, okay? Um, so I just want to preface it with this has nothing to do with me uh, not liking or supporting white people because I have white friends, black friends, Chinese friends, and so on and so forth, okay? Um, but Going back to what I said, there is a controversy about the Black Lives Matters movement, and there's an online petition to have Congress to classify Black Lives Matters as a terrorist organization. Um, they're saying that if it weren't for this movement, that none of this would have happened, the officers wouldn't have been killed, and all of that. Okay, so I believe that... Uh, that these gatherings, and don't quote me on this, but I believe that these recent protests that we're seeing all over right now uh, because of these recent killings were um, put together by the Black Lives Matters movement. Now, anyone who is conscious and who really knows how some things run behind the scenes know that agent provocateurs are sent, FBI, DIA, whoever, agent provocateurs are sent to these gatherings to provoke and to incite violence. Then it will look like whoever put this together that they were behind it, but that's not always true. When you put together any kind of movement or protest and it's in a public venue, you really have no uh, saying in who shows up to those events. So some of those people were sent to start whatever started, okay? Now, the person who killed these people, he turns out to have a military background. I'm not even going to go into him. I kind of want to focus on this controversy between this Black Lives Matters 
and all lives matters, okay? Because, and then they have the blue lives matters, and it goes on and on. Um, and what I want to say about that is that the whole all lives matters, black lives matters controversy, it makes no sense to me because any reasonable human being knows that there is good and bad in every race. And as a Christian, uh, we know that God created all of us, red, blue, black, white, brown, or purple. God created all of us. And so I want to say that all lives definitely do matter. I had a white friend, and I've talked about her many times on this call, who was targeted, and she died a few few years ago. And she was a very dear friend of mine. She was found hanged. I believe that she was murdered. I had a very good black friend who died earlier this year, a very dear friend of mine. Both of those people were good people. They tried to do the right things in life, um, and both of their lives mattered equally, black or white. There are white people, there are black people, there are Chinese people, there are Hispanic people, and other nationalities, every every nationality in between, that are unjustly killed by police every day. And their lives do matter just as much as the next person's lives matter. So that controversy should just go away. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Everybody's life matters. Okay? When you look at the innocent people that were killed this past week, their lives matter. When you look at the police, the innocent police who were killed, those police had nothing to do with those two men who who were killed. They were fathers. They were somebody's son. They were brothers. They were uncles. Their lives absolutely mattered. When you look at the people who were killed in the uh, nightclub in Orlando, those people, gay or straight, their lives mattered. The the Paris attack, Sandy Hook, 911, all these other mass killings, there were innocent people's lives who were lost, that were lost, and those lives absolutely mattered. Now, I know there's those people who say that most of this was false flags and there's even stuff on the Internet about these recent killings saying that these were false flags. Whether these people were crisis actors, whether this stuff was false flags or not, I do believe that real people get killed in these events. I really believe that. Whether whether this was all orchestrated, it, it is not the way it looks. I don't care what people say about that. I do believe that innocent people are killed in these events, and these people's lives absolutely matter, okay? So that whole all lives matter, blue lives matter, black lives matter, that whole thing needs to go away, in my opinion, because all lives matter, even those police officers, and I'm saying that from a person who is targeted and harassed by police constantly, and I have been for years. But I do know that all police officers are not bad. Okay, so with all that being said, it's not that all lives don't matter, but we cannot ignore the fact that black people are killed more 
are harassed more and are incarcerated at a higher rate than other races in the U.S. That cannot be ignored. So, yes, all lives matter, but our lives matter too. I have an African-American son. I have African-American nephews and brothers and uncles. And it is a reality that they are targeted more. I saw it growing up. I see it now on the news. No one should die during a routine traffic stop. It it shouldn't happen. Or because they're selling CDs. If that's illegal, they should be arrested for it. But they should not be killed for it. No one should have to worry about their child or themselves, and this happens to women too, as we know with Sandra Bland, did not have to worry about going out of the house and never coming back because you were killed at the hands of a police. It is uh, a scary thing to encounter police. Trust me, I constantly encounter police. I've been pulled over since I've been targeted more than ever in my life. It's a scary thing. It's a very scary thing. No one should have to deal with that. And I don't think that it can be ignored, the fact that this happens to black people more than any other race. So here's uh, the statistics that President Obama gave during the recent press conference. He said African Americans are 30% more likely than whites to be pulled over by the police. After being pulled over, African Americans and Hispanics are three times more likely to be searched. Last year, African Americans were shot by police at twice the rate as whites. African Americans are arrested at twice the rate as whites. African Americans are 75% more likely to be charged with offenses carrying a mandatory minimum. They receive sentences that are 10% longer than comparable whites who committed the same crime. When added up, African Americans and Hispanic populations who make up only 30% of the general population make up more than half of the incarcerated population. There is a problem that should not be ignored. People need to be held accountable We need to replace this current government who is ignoring all of this. People should not be dying at the hands of these officers, period. It should not happen. So here's a few few examples because there are certain people that we hear about more in the news, but here's some that I pulled up. This guy's name was Dante Ivey from Albany, New York. Um, officers questioned Ivy, a paranoid schizophrenic with a heart condition. He fled down 2nd Street. Officers chased Ivy, shooting him with a taser at least once. The officer failed to subdue Ivy, whom they chased and handcuffed. When he stopped breathing, officers attempted CPR and called for help. Ivy died at Albany Medical Center. No officers have been charged with a crime for killing him. Now, that's another problem. They're not charging these officers. They're not being held accountable. They're justifying. And this is why they're upset that this young lady live-streamed what happened to her boyfriend. Now they're calling for Facebook and all of these live-streaming services to shut it down because they don't want the truth out. 
They want to be able to water it down, turn it around, put a spin on it, and make it look like the person's fault. Another thing, they're calling this guy paranoid schizophrenic. I don't know this man, but I can tell you what, as a targeted individual, they give us that label. When a person is labeled as mentally ill, they can be taken down faster. It's more justifiable homicide because they say the person was not thinking rational. The person was not in their right mind because they have a lot of African-American people labeled as schizophrenic or mentally ill. Okay, here's another one. This was in Aurora, California. Um, officers say uh, this person's name was Nationalist Vinzant. Uh, officers say um, Vinzant was wanted for violating parole. A SWAT team officer attempted to arrest him, ending up shooting him to death, claiming he didn't realize um, Vinzant was unarmed. Unarmed. And whatever happened to uh, shoot to disable the person. Why is everything shoot to kill? Why don't they shoot in the leg? Why don't they use the tasers more, which those kill people too? It's ridiculous. It is alarming. It is something to be concerned about. Because this person violated parole, meaning he did not show up for his parole, um, to visit his parole officer does not justify him getting killed. Here's one more. DeAndre Dorsey, um, White Plains, uh, Minnesota. DeAndre Dorsey lost control of his car coming to uh, rest against a tree in a median. Witnesses called 911 saying Dorsey was flopping like a fish. After Dorsey, who was having a seizure, rolled on his stomach and reached for a firefighter's leg, police ordered him to put his hands behind his back. When Dorsey failed to comply and tried to stand up, police tasered him in the back several times. Dorsey was later handcuffed and placed in leg shackles at the scene and stopped moving or breathing. He was the father of four. So now we have four children without a father. This man was having a seizure, and they killed him. They said that he lost control of his car. Maybe he lost control of the car because he was having a seizure. So how did that justify, how did that turn into him laying dead in the street? So, yes, we as a black people, we have a reason to be concerned. We as black people, just like everyone else, should be able to rely on the police to protect and serve us. That is the oath that they take not to kill us dead. It is not open season for black people. And that's what it feels like. That's what it appears to be, open season. These officers really need to be held accountable. This government needs to be overthrown if they're not going to help everyone. No one should have to worry about going out of the house and not returning because they were killed over things that don't matter. These are small things. If they need to be arrested, arrest them. So I say, do black lives matter? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, no matter what race, we're all from the human race, and we all bleed red, so all lives matter. We need to stand together to fix this dying world because it is dying. 
It is thine. Star 8, if you would like to speak, if you have a comment, this is what we're talking about right now. We're talking about the recent police happening. Does anybody have a comment on this? That's just my opinion. Nobody has to agree. That's my opinion. Hello? Hey, Renata, it's Kathy. Hi. I just want to say I totally agree with you. Um, the statistics are there. And first of all, I want to make a comment to you. You are one of the least racist people that I know. You just helped me save my life. And you were there for me when not even my family was there. And I'm concerned about the police shootings as well. There's been incidences here, right here in Arizona, where somebody was mentally ill and the police shot them when they're supposed to be trained with dealing with the seriously mentally ill. There's been situations where it was videotaped where an officer that was supposed to be helping people on the street that are homeless and was doing domestic violence in his home and officers went in and went to arrest his wife and his daughter videotaped it and she got out of the shower and had nothing but a towel around her. I mean, I I think that um, our police are not doing, I think that there's a power thing going on with them I've been affected as far as my targeting with them. Um, I just, it's really sad. I'm not saying all policemen are bad, but I think there's a certain group of them that they just let this go to their head and that they maybe are racist because of, because of the percentage of the population that, they're, that they have shot. And yes, Hispanics and, and African Americans are the highest of the population that are, that are um, I want to say targeted, because that's the word that comes to mind for me, you know, or killed. And again, ditto what you said, and you are not a racist person. You were there for me when not even my own family was there for me. And no one, and you made sure that I got through one moment, one hour, and everything to keep my life going. And I want to thank you for that, Renata. Thank you, Kathy. I appreciate that. And I do know that I'm not a racist, but I just felt like I had to say that because people will label you racist when you stand up for your own, you know. Yes. But it is yes. it is a fact that, that, that this really is happening. And you, Kathy, have an interracial um, grandson, I don't think you mind me saying. So, um, you know, you should be concerned, and your daughter should be concerned, because this is happening, and he will be considered a black man. Yes, and I just had that conversation with someone the other day, and I said, no matter how much this country says they accept interracial marriages and whatnot, I have a grandson that's, that's interracial, I call him blended, whatever, and he's going to be faced with this because I don't care how much his country says they accept it. There are still those that don't accept it. And that is something that these children will have to grow up with amongst other things that, like my grandson, will have to deal with also. So 
yeah, that does concern me very much. Well, hopefully we can get this to change. Um, And I do want to say, too, that violence is not the answer. Those cops should not have died. They should not have died. That's not the answer. We have to come to some sort of peaceful resolution. Yes. I don't know what that is, but it needs to happen. Yes. And our officers, you know, I see a lot of the young officers, and it seems to be that it's a power issue with them, like it's a control issue. And then, yeah, on the other hand, I see the older officers that I feel have become very callous for whatever reason. So, you know, you've got one on one end and one on the other end of the spectrum. So it's like, where's the happy medium here? And how do we get there is the question, like you said. Well, and what what saddens me is that we don't, a lot of people don't, well, TIs know, but a lot of people don't seem to understand that there is a force behind all of this. Yeah. You know, and it's not black or white. There's a force against us all happening in this world. Yes. Yes. And that's what we need to pay attention to and and fight to stop. And I was just made aware that even our um our sheriff who I've voted in many times that when he was questioned about his spending and stopping um profiling profiling is what he was brought up against and some other charges they were trying to put against him that he then began to have these people targeted and I was like oh my god I didn't even realize that someone um, saw the video and shared that with me and it's just um, it's really saddened me to think that you know I would vote for someone that would do something like that and it's what goes on behind closed doors that just it's I mean I guess I understand now as a target because I understand that it comes from, you know, first of all, a, I believe a revenge or a hate crime, but it goes all the way up to these people that, I mean, we're looking at our government, and it's really scary. This country is in bad shape right now, and I don't yeah. see I don't see it getting better if, you know, if there's certain presidents that get in there that are getting away with doing things that they're doing or saying they're going to do this, and they're blatant about it right on TV. Yeah. They're, they're creating that. They're participating in it already before they even get into office. Right. Okay. Well, thank you, Kathy. You're welcome, Renata. And thank you for all that you've done and been and said for me. No problem. I thank God for using me. Yes, and thank God, thank God for me still being here, one day at a time. Yeah, you're supposed to be here. I've been there. <laughs> I've been there yes. where you were. So I think most PIs have been. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's working out for you. Thank you so much, Renata, and I will talk to you later. Okay. Sir eight, would you like to weigh in? If you would like to weigh in on the recent happenings. Um, with all these protests going on and killings and everything. That's what we're talking about right now. Hi, James. Hello, James. Hello. Hi, Hello. go ahead. 
Yeah, right. go right um, ahead. Um, well, I think I think it's really weird what happened uh, and tragic, but it's going to get a lot worse, I think. Um, I I follow the bioethics committee, and it's gotten extremely uh, psychopathic. Oh, I wanted to also mention that I think it's psycho psychopathic people or groups that maybe have low empathy that do this, like that man reaching out for the fireman's leg that was obviously someone who was very ill and and um, then they wanted him to be, you know, contain himself, not move his hands out. Well, somebody that's dying is not going to comply and they're going to end up killing them every time. So these are psychopathic people. These are people who don't care and they have... They develop these procedures, and they think they can't possibly harm anyone, and they want you to comply, and and they end up suffocating someone or uh, otherwise killing them. So anyway, um, I follow I follow the bioethics committee, and they they just came out with a video that tells why bioethics or why ethics is important, and that's really um, funny coming from this group that's supposed to be ethical and do everything right and they've they've gone ahead now it's gone full circle and they started with a, a video they've got Amy Gutman on videos like she goes and says how ethics is important and then and then um, you know we have to be ethical and we have to do these important things and we need to do this experimentation and, it, and it's very important. And if we didn't do it ethically, she's, she actually said this, we didn't do it ethically, it wouldn't be important. <laughs> so I thought that was weird. And then it's hypocritical because they're, um, and it's ironic also, because they're supposed to be someone who does the right thing, and yet they have gone and uh, um, actually uh, used, used the Bioethics Commission to enslave the people who are being used uh, like us is slaves. Mm-hmm. And she, by her own admissions in throughout this bioethics commission, which has been going on since 19, you know, since 2008 when the president got elected, she's doing it as a, um, like offering her time. She said she's not getting paid. I don't believe that because she's getting paid in other ways, probably by other people. And she she went and listened to all the testimonies of all all the TIs, which is uh, which is horrendous because she listened to all that and then she came out with a paper. Their findings said that there was no problem with the way things are done, the way the way human experiment victims not victims she didn't use that word. She said human test subjects are used. There's no problem. There's no problem. So things can go ahead. As as, are you there? I am. Hello? Go ahead. Wrap it up, James. Um, James. Somebody else is trying to speak to. But go ahead. All right. Yeah. She said things can go ahead as they have been because there is no problem with the way human experiment uh, subjects are used. You should think about that. This is the president's chairman of the president's bioethics commission says there's no problem after listening to probably hundreds or uh, yeah hundreds of people testifying 
that there were problems. There's electromagnetic. Yeah, and then they came out with a, a letter saying that we couldn't use any of the words of torture, We but we could come and talk again. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you, James. All right. Um, I I, I want to just say something about the live streaming that the the young lady did when her boyfriend was being killed um, uh, last week. Uh, I think that is something that we should do. That that more of us should do. We should live stream. You know, at least until they get rid of that because they're trying to get uh, Facebook and. Twitter and these other places to stop, not allow the live streaming because they don't want us to know the truth. Um, but I do think that we should do that, and I'm going to learn how to do it, and I'm going to do it more, and I'm going to take more pictures. If I feel like I am being targeted, I'm going to record more. Um, every TI should have a dash cam um, and should take pictures, I think, my opinion. But not like if you're a paranoid person, but if, if somebody is really – committing a crime against you, you should be documenting that. And do not be afraid to expose it because we're living in dangerous times and we have to uh, take care of ourselves. Start eight if you'd like to speak. Hello. Hello. Hi, Renata. Hi, how are you? I'm okay hanging in there with this. Um. I don't know what to say because I have a friend I've had for about three years that is um, an African-American man with a family, and um, he was telling me about um, the different things that are going on around the United States as it affects African-Americans and uh, discrimination, things like that, and um, he can't believe what's going on with me. He doesn't get any kind of electronic harassment at all, neither does his wife or his kids, and he can't hardly even identify with what's going on with me. I mean, he kind of gets it now, but um, he can't believe it. I mean, to him, it's something that... um, it's so foreign that it's um, he can't relate to it at all, and um, I think that what's happening to him in the fact that people might make you know some sort of a innuendo or um, you know a comment that he feels is biased. And I'm like, are you kidding? I go on, I live like this all day, every day. I get gang stalking all day, every day. Extreme, they're trying to run me off the road, gang stalking. I mean, it is unbelievable. And he can't, he actually can't um, get connected with it at all. He can't, um, uh, I don't understand, but he doesn't, um, I don't, I don't even know how to put it in the right words right now, but what I get is so extreme, and it's 24-7, that, uh, and it's been that way for the 13 years that I've been here. It's never been any different, and the more I find out about what's been going on, um, you know, it's not just me, obviously, that's getting things like this, but uh, I've exchanged, and I told him this a long time ago, I'd exchange places with him any time and take, you know, slight comments of 
you know, what are you doing out here late at night, or can I help you with something? I wish somebody would say, walk up to me and say, can I help you? Are you lost? Are you, should you be in this neighborhood? Nobody says anything like that to me on the street. So um, I don't know what to say about it because where I am, um, I don't see people anywhere. Uh, and I do so, a little tiny bit of volunteer work I used to, and um, we all work together, Every pers- people from all over the world and um, all different, I don't want to say colors, because we're really not uh, different colors, but, you know, some are dark skin-toned and some are light, but I never see where anyone's treated any differently than anybody else, where I am anyway, I don't see it. So, um, and my friend, where he is, he doesn't see any electronic harassment, so it's hard for him to relate to things that I'm going through. And um, I know that in the past, a lot of my targeting um, and electronics came from people that um, were Jewish, my own family, for one, so I can't say, you know, that it's any particular, um, I can't say it's any particular group. It's like mm-hmm. you said, um, it's evil, and it's, you know, basically demonic, and it's um, greedy people, greedy people that found a way to make money off of torturing people, and and the more they torture and the more they enslave, the more money they're going to make. And everybody's in that boiling pot, not just um, one color. It's everybody's in the boiling pot. They're after everybody. And um, it's an issue of slavery for, you know, I'm white. I'm blonde-haired. I'm white-skinned. So... Um, you know, it's, I've been, and this has gone on my whole life, not to this extreme, never to this extreme, and I didn't know, I never thought in a million years it would be coming from my own family, and then I realized that there was another person besides my own family involved, and then um, that person's Jewish too, and was claimed Christian and Jewish, so I'm Christian and Jewish, so how, you know, I'm not getting it. Somehow I'm missing the point that um, my worst targeting has come from um, Jewish people and Christian people and even Christian churches, I can say. So I don't know. Um, I wish, Renata, it was so easy that I could say, oh, you know, all I have to do is join this other group and uh, my targeting is going to end. Or uh, if I was a different ethnicity, my targeting was going to end. And I've always said this since the beginning, mine is really about money and, um, you know, what you're worth as a person for sale as a person, body parts or experimentation or who your mother was or um, everything's for sale kind of thing. So um, that's where I'm at. 
and I would give anything to exchange places with my African-American friend. I mean, I just went to the store with him the other day, and he has friends everywhere, every color, every age group, every race, and he knows a lot of people in this town, and um, they all like him. Everybody speaks well of him. So um, he's certainly not in the situation I'm in, nowhere near it. So anyway, I, I have a hard time because to me this is, very demonic, and it's, um, you know, like I said, the shock of my life came when I found out that it was my mother, but then just even recently, she started it, but even recently, um, just even last night and the night before, I'm just putting the, connecting the dots, so to speak, and coming up with this person that's been following me around since I was 19 years old. And um, just thinking, all of a sudden it can, it started to come back to me um, that this one, he's Jewish, so he looks, you know, like me, he's light-skinned and blonde-haired, and so how can I say it's race-related? I wish I could do that. I wish I could say it's race-related, it's um, economically related only. Yes, it was about money. That's how he made his living. That's how he made his living. And um, I never really was able to get into a position, especially with the electronics here in California. Um, that's the idea. They're These people are brilliant, and they know how to work these electronics so that you never can defend yourself. That's the bottom line. The bottom line on this, and I can only speak for my particular case, is that you can't defend yourself, and you can't find anybody in the flesh that's going to help you either defend yourself, because I just go around everywhere by myself, and people can really do or say whatever they want to you, because there's no witnesses. And even the Bible says, that in order for something to be established, it has to be out of the mouths of two or three witnesses. That's true. Yeah, it's true. And as long as I'm in this system where I'm the only witness witnessing for myself or asking for help, it's just beyond. um, And I think we're all going, I don't care what color we are, I think we're all going to be in the same trap I'm in eventually because the system is being set up that way. Okay, I'm going to put you on hold. There's other people that are uh, trying to speak, but thank you for your comment. All right. Okay? Yeah, thanks, Renato, for letting me talk. You're welcome. Okay, uh, love for all in the chat room says, please know that they are trying to label TI support groups as possible terrorist-related. So everyone be very careful, prayerful, but don't be intimidated. Um, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised because one thing about these people, um, they don't like truth. They don't like exposure, and that's what we do on these calls. We tell truth about what's happening to us, and we expose, and I'm going to do that as long as possible. It's our truth, you know. 
and we have a right to tell it. Um, Star 8, if you have a comment, we're talking about the latest uh, killings and, and all of the uh, uproar that's been happening in the U.S. this last week. Hello? Hello, Indiana? Oh, hey, Renata. Um, I just want to know that, that this is, uh, they can go on with this race wars they're trying to have it. I think it's all to bring down martial law or something to engage everybody, enslave everybody. And they're going to be able to get it through with it because our race relations through history has never been adequately discussed. It's like a sensitive scab, you know what I mean? That was never properly bandaged or taken care of. And I don't, I really don't know if I have the confidence that they think they can be able to heal it even now. Uh, I just think that uh, they're focused on that martial law, get those guns up, and that'll be it. And then they also, a lot of us are too young to remember in the school system that not only with Hitler, but remember the uh, Red Scare in the 50s, there has always been certain groups of people that have been targeted, watched, sabotaged in their lives. You know, laws changed in order to do that. Yeah. There has been an effort to start a race war for years now, but it just yes. hasn't got it ignited the way they would like it to. But, you know, it's really not about race. It's really, really not. It's about these people trying to make all of us slaves. Exactly. They bring in martial law. They can bring it in in a time of chaos. Martial law, executive orders, remember changing, alternating laws and stuff, hashing away at our constitutional rights, bill of rights, civil rights. If you if you go back in history, Hitler did the same thing. He changed a lot of laws before he began to do his so-called final solution. A lot of things were changed. Same thing in the during the 50s. They went hard at the entertainment industry. A lot of people lost their careers. Are you even linked to possibly being a communist? A lot of people lost colleagues, friends, family. They ostracized. You know what I mean? Only you know, 20 years later in the 70s, that same guy you thought was a communist, now you want him to do a hit movie. You know what I'm saying? It, it, was, right. it was just, yeah. And what they wanted to race for, and I have a feeling they're going to get it. They keep tagging in. Now, what I'm worried for about is all the other um, minority groups. Too. Do they feel that they're safe because they're not African-American? They won't come at you? Because the, the final solution here is just we think we want safety with martial law. Give up your guns. Give up your rights. You're going to be miserable with martial law. That's true. That's so true. You won't free free at all. Do you know how many checkpoints you have to go? These are going interstate, state to state. And they're going to be, if they do that, they'll control the food supply, the water supply, the grid, everything. Right. Right. Executive well, order. All, all of that is going to happen anyway. It's oh, yeah. And I'll tell you another thing. They're going to bring in these robots more. They killed the shooter with the robot. Yeah, I saw that um, thing. Yeah, and they're going to be using those robots more. They're going to be using the drones more. They're going to bring in the military. Um, and I also think that it, 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 a lot of this is a way of getting rid of the police force as we know it. Yes, you know what, they, uh, I heard that the, they call them sometimes the dogs of Hades. They've been used to, or shall I say through their arrogance, they use themselves. I'm not saying all law enforcement is like this, but I've been treated as a target very poorly by them. Um, they're arrogant and that they God complex, you know, I can do everything, but I kept saying with all the corruption linked to them, trafficking linked to them, bad things are linked 
them. And I thought, I, thought, I wonder if they're going to start bringing in robocops. You know what I mean? Yeah. So police, yeah. we just don't, yeah, we just don't need the errors and weaknesses that we can do. And who are the and who are the FEMA camps for? There's 800, there's 800 of them there in our country. Who's going to be marched there? Yeah, I, I believe there's already people in FEMA camps. That might be. I, yeah. I believe that. Okay, Lauren. I'm going to okay, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, my New Yorker hung up. I'm sorry about that. Um, if you're still listening, call back, New York. Star 8, if you would like to speak, please. Star 8, we're talking about the recent uproars, uh, the police killings, the uh, two African-American young men who were killed, everything that's going on in our country right now. Hi, Ken. How are you? Hey, Sabrina. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm not too bad. I went through knee sur- knee replacement, so it's been three months now, so I'm starting to get around pretty good, so. Oh, okay. I'm glad you're better. But I, I will talk on the race war because that's what right now they're trying to kick off a race war in the worst way. And yeah. I do believe they. I do believe they want to declare martial law, and I do believe that we got a lot of homeless vets that are in the FEMA camps already. And I don't know who else is in there, but I guarantee you there's a lot of homeless vets that's in there. So they, yeah. they claim they, yeah. they claim they've been missing off the streets and people don't know where they went to, so that's the only place I'm sure where that. they can where they can hide them. Yeah, the and the robots they see I'm I'm kinda of thinking this this last uh killings, I really I, I may be a conspiracy nut, but I don't believe that the five cops died. And I believe the mm-hmm. shooter was uh, used as a patsy and they blew him up so he could never tell. You know, so there's there's a lot of things in our country going on right now that they don't they never tell us the truth. Just like Sandy Hook, I I guarantee you that nobody died in Sandy Hook. And then they're claiming now that nobody died in that uh, that gay nightclub in Florida. So I really hadn't looked into that too much, but I know they didn't die in Sandy Hook. So. See, I, and here's what I think. Here's what I think about the false flags, about the crisis actors. Um, it, it is a possibility that crisis actors are hired for some of these because I have seen proof on the internet where they'll show one person at one of these events and then another one, the same person, um, at another one of these tragic events. So I, I kind of believe that that stuff happens. But I do believe that innocent people do get killed in in that stuff. I do. I don't think oh, everybody, that, maybe not. That, mm-hmm. That's a possibility, but I'm telling you, Sandy Hook, nobody died. But I I think in that gay the gay nightclub in uh, Florida, yes, I think some of them probably died there, but not near what they said. To start with, is somebody firing an assault rifle in a building? If you don't have earplugs, everybody in there is going to be dealt with it. Have you ever been to a gun range? They make you wear, and you're outside, and they make you wear ear muffins, and it's still loud. And yet no, nobody said nothing about how loud it was. They just heard a pop, pop, pop. You know, if somebody's firing a gun in a building, if you don't believe it, sometimes go into an inside gun range and see how loud it is. And that, and the inside gun range is a lot bigger than that uh than that bar was that they were in. 
So I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not buying in too much of their stuff because I think they're pulling so many false flags that, that we'll never know about, and they're going to keep lying and lying and lying. So, But the, the black and the white, the Mexicans, Chinese, or any Japanese that all live over here, we better all get together and, and, and hang tight together or we're going to hang separately. So, But I know what they're trying to do. I told a, a cop friend of mine that I went on vacation for two years. I had him mad at me. He wanted to fight me. I said, y'all been used, and they're going to start killing you guys. That was two years ago. I said, they, they tell you be as brutal as you want to against American people because they're your enemy, and y'all treat us like enemies. You walk up the car, and you just kill people. He tried to tell me, uh, 99% of all of them are justified. I said, well, you're, me and you are looking at different ones. Because I look at all of them on the internet to come out, and I don't see no, I don't see even 50% that's justified. I said, if they're going to start killing you guys, he said, I don't like hearing that my son's still active and all my friends are retired and they're, and I got a lot of friends that are active. I said, well, then you need to tell them to start following the Constitution and don't follow orders. So I've seen this coming two years ago, what's coming right now. Yeah. Well, it, it's pretty scary, um, and we should all be concerned. We really should. Oh, absolutely, we should all be concerned. So, and we should all anyway, fight to, uh, to get this to change too. I didn't. I didn't hear you, Renata. I said we should all be peacefully fighting to get this to change. The change needs to happen at the top. Yeah, but you know, at the top, they're not going to change. Look at what, look at what Hillary Clinton just got by with. That woman's guilty of murder. She's guilty of a lot of things. I mean, yeah. hardcore. And, and they come out, and they didn't find her guilty. And there's a lot of people I talk to who says, "Oh well, they all lie." Oh, so you're going, you're still going to vote for her, and you know that she's lying. I mean, that's got to be mind control on the American people. Common sense will tell you if the woman is. Let people die in Benghazi or emails. I mean, everything she's done is, is beyond believing. And yet, I have people tell me they're going to vote for her. Yeah, I'm. I'm not voting for either one personally. Well, I'm going to vote for Trump because I'm hoping for some kind of change. Even though we're back to the lesser two evils, you know, I just, I just think, I think hopefully that we can get somewhere that'll do some, do some change. I mean. If we don't steal our borders off, and I don't say we should be a country because all of us came from a different country, our ancestors did, but you can't just let them come over here and they got TB and, and they're just letting them right out. They're not in quarantine them anymore. They're just putting them right out on the street. They're doing no background checks on any of them to see who they really are. So, But that's being done on purpose. So, I don't even think it matters who we vote for, really, because I think they're all... Uh, selected anyway. It's already decided. That's what I think. Oh, absolutely. But we, we they're getting a little bit scared on Hillary Clinton because even though they got the FBI director come out the other day and start twisting things around, you know, he, he, he more or less said she was guilty, but he wouldn't come out and say it. So, and, and we, and I knew, I mean, I, I think most of you on here know that that they weren't going to find her guilty of anything because they're all, they're all up there above the law. Yeah. 
That's true. Well, thank you, Ken. All right, Renee. Everybody have a great day. Thank you. You too. I'm glad you're um, you're doing better after your surgery. Yeah, I'm getting ready to go back to Oregon to testify for Pete. So. Oh wow. So give us an update on that on Pete Santelli. Okay. Oh well, there. Uh, September 7th when they start picking his jewelry. So I'm going up the middle of August. The attorney wants me to come in and he won't see what I'm going to testify to and all that kind of stuff. So the pizza. How long has he like, been in jail now? Uh, since February. Oh. Is he doing okay? Yeah, he, he's, I mean, I guess. To be locked up, his spirits are pretty good. He called me not a couple nights ago, and Reverend Pinkney, he's been calling me about three times a week, and but they're all political prisoners, so it seems like anybody comes out about what they're doing to us gets locked up, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep. That's what happens. That's terrible. Well, you're yeah. a great friend to both of them. Yeah, I, I always stick up for the ones that they political prisoners, but it, it ain't going to get any better. It's only going to get worse. So. Yeah. All right, Ken, I'm going to put you on hold. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Renata. Star 8, do you have anything to say? Star 8. Okay. So what am I going to do now is, give me a second, because I want to play something. hope you guys can hear it. Okay, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play a a video clip of an officer by the name of Nakia Jones who was outraged when she heard about these killings. Um, this lady, I've been told, has since been uh, suspended from her job for speaking out. She said on the news that she uh, simply posted this to her personal YouTube page. She had no idea that this would go viral. And um, we need to pray for her because she's been getting death threats and people are calling for her to resign. Um, But she was just speaking how she felt as a mother. Um, So I want you guys to hear this. I hope that um, that you can hear it. If you you guys can't hear it, um, type in the chat room and let me know. Okay, um, my son came home from work today and he showed me a disturbing um, video about a young man that was shot and killed by police in uh, Louisiana. And it's so funny because my son wanted to go to college there. And I kept saying, I ain't feeling that or whatever. Um, what's interesting is to me is that the shooting involved a police officer. 
and I watched the video over and over and over and over and over again so that I wouldn't become judgmental because not only am I a mother of two African-American sons and I have African-American nephews and I have brothers, I'm also a person that wears the uniform with the blue. I'm also the one that is their life because their lives in danger. I wear blue. So I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it, and I became so furious and so hurt because it bothers me when I hear people say, y'all police officers this, y'all police officers that, and they put us in this negative category when I'm saying to myself, I'm not that type of police officer. I know officers that are like me that will give their life for other people. So I'm looking at it, and it tore me up because I got to see what you all see. If I wasn't a police officer and I wasn't on the inside, I would be saying, Look at this racist stuff. Look at this. And it hurt me. First of all, I became an officer in 1996. I grew up in the hood, so I didn't grow up in the suburbs. I grew up on 93rd and 10th. We moved to East Cleveland. So I know what it is. So the reason why I became a police officer was to make a difference in people's lives. I knew what it was like to have a parent on drugs. I knew what it was like to watch people be picked on and bullied on and all kinds of things. I said, I want to make a difference. I want to be that change, so I became that change. So in 96, I took an oath in East Cleveland, sitting in front of Chief Davis, and I was serving to protect my community by all costs, even if it meant I wouldn't go home to my one-year-old daughter. And that's what I did, and I did it with integrity and respect. The thing that hurt me most of all was that a lot of people that I was arresting were the same color as me, that grew up in East Cleveland like me, so I couldn't understand that. Why would you want to destroy your community? I couldn't understand. I said, okay, but they're not sworn to serve and protect either. They're not, they didn't take that oath. This is what they do. So then I left there and I came to another predominantly black community and became a police officer. I'm the first and only African-American female officer and I can take a pride in respect. I sat in front of Marcia Flood and took that oath that I was serving for and I also moved into my community, and I raised my children in this community. I wore that blue uniform proudly. And I know for a fact I have five, six beautiful children that love me. And I'm a husband. I have a family that loves me. And I know there's times I may not come home from work. I have taken guns off 15, 14, 13-year-old children. I'm talking about real guns. I've had to go and tell a mother that their 13-year-old son or daughter was not coming home. I've interviewed rape victims that's been raped by people that look just like me, the same color as me. We are running around killing each other left and right. But what hurts me the most is the people that stood in front of a judge and stood in front of a mayor and said, I swear my oath that I will serve and protect this community. And God, please forgive me, and you can delete me if you're getting mad at me. If you are white and you working in a black community and you are racist, you need to be ashamed of yourself. You stood up there and took an oath. If this is not where you want to work at, then you need to take your behind somewhere else. I decided to work in an African-American community because I'm African-American and I wanted to make a difference. I could have worked in Parma. I could have worked in Lakewood. I could have worked in North Homestead. I'm a double minority. They would have got two hits for me because I'm African-American and I'm a female. I'm here because I wanted to make a difference. But how dare you stand next to me in a same uniform and murder somebody? How dare you? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. So why don't we just keep it real? If you're that officer and no good 
or Mexican male or female, they because they're not white like you, take the uniform off. You have no business being a police officer. Because there's many of us that would give our life for anybody. And we took this oath and we missed it. If you are that officer that's pregnant, take the uniform off and put the KKK hoodie on. Because I will not stand for that. If you're an officer that works with me and you're wrong, I will tell you you're wrong. My heart goes out to that young man's family because if it was my son, I don't know what I would do. But to my brothers and sisters, my juvenile brothers and sisters, I am your keeper. Put them guns down, y'all. We're killing each other. And the reason why all this racist stuff keeps going on is because we're divided. We're killing each other. We're not standing together. See, Martin Luther King them stood together. You didn't hear a bunch about, about a bunch of black people killing each other. We got to stand together because our house divided against each other will not stand. And we got to be smart. Don't mean go tearing up stuff. Be smart. I am my brother and my sister keeper. That's why I'm going to keep this uniform on. Because today I wanted to quit when I saw that video. But I need for y'all to support the ones of us that are right. And I need for you to stand for those of us that are not right. I also need for y'all to become role models for our juveniles, y'all. They're killing each other left and right. I'm telling you. And people that don't really want us to exist are sitting back laughing because they're saying, look at them destroy each other. Yeah, we'll have a police shooting here and there, but we're not going to talk about the millions of black, black, and black men that are killing each other left and right. Put the guns down. The most powerful, fearful, potent person in the world is an intelligent black man. Men, I need for y'all to stand up. Get these young men, mentor them, teach them. And then when you see that one of us are doing something wrong, and I'm not telling you, you know when you're wrong, and you know when you're dealing with the police and we got to do our job because we have to do our job. But when we do something that you know is wrong, you need to speak up. You need to go speak to a chief. You need to go sit down and talk to them. I'm not talking about just because I don't want you to tell me what to do. I'm talking about something serious, y'all. Again, this is my thoughts. If you get upset, delete me. This is my Facebook page. Okay, very, very, very powerful words from this officer. Now, some says that she has been fired. Um, Someone in the chat room just said that is not true, that she has not been fired. I've heard that she's been suspended. There are YouTube videos out there calling for her resignation. Um, So we just need to pray for her. Because she has gone against the code. She spoke out. She spoke out. Now, she said that she did not intend for this to go viral, that this was uh, intended for her Facebook friends only. But it went viral. And I can see why, because she said some very powerful things. She called for the officers who are not right, who have a problem with other races. She called for them to take the uniform off. And I totally agree. She told them, take the uniform off and put a Ku Klux Klan hood on. I agree with her. Um, So that was very powerful. So you guys, let me know what you think about that. Uh, Some of you, I sent that uh, link to you over the last couple days, so many of you probably already heard what she had to say. Um, But I thought thought that her words were just just, um, outstanding. Sir Aid, if you have a comment. I'm trying to unmute you guys. Uh, Hi, Jay. 
Hey, Renata. How are you? I'm all right. What, do you have a comment? Uh, Yeah, that video of that lady talking, I think it was fake. Why? Just because it was it was it was too much in the video. She was overacting. It was fake. I listened to it before on a video, and I had to turn it off. It was just it was too fake. And all the shootings and stuff, they're fake. You know, they're actors. Yeah, people are dying, but most of them are fake. They're like stage. You know, with bad actors. You know, they can get good actors to actually you know make it look good and believable, but they don't get good actors. They get you know regular people. You know to to create it, you know, I have a film degree, you know, I know how to shoot a scene, how to create a scene and everything, you know, it's fake. I mean, you look at it, you know, I see what's going on, I know it's fake. I'm I'm not going to make a video about it or things like that, but I know that it's most, most, most of what I saw, see is fake, it's staged, it's created, you know, I have a film degree, I know how to shoot the scene, you know, so. And again, um, some of that may be, Stage stuff, crisis actors, but I, I truly do believe that innocent people get killed. I really yes, do. people do get killed. I mean, we don't know what happens after they they fake shoot a scene. Who knows? After they they shoot the scene and it looks good, they probably go, end up going kill the person who pretended, you know, to to die. You know, they could actually do that if they want to. You know, if you're sitting there pretending to die on film, your life was already gone. They can kill you later on if they want to. You know. Yeah. Well, I. That people have died in these last yes. um, killings, yes. and that, those are the people that I'm concerned about. Uh, the people who are acting, if they're acting, then God will take care of them. Uh, right, right. And it could, it, it could be just a big psyop, but I do believe that people have died, and that's where my concern is. Uh, Melvin in the chat room says that the lady on the video, she was speaking through emotion. I personally don't think anything about her video was staged. I do not. I don't. I don't. That's just me. I, I don't think that. I think that she was a real person speaking from mm-hmm. real emotions, uh, really right. concerned about her African-American children. And for me, um, she helped me to realize that there are some good officers out there. There are. You know, I, I do believe her. But, but I couldn't watch it because, like I said, I have a film degree, you know, I can pick up on things. Most of these, what I see, I can, you know, I can, I, I can tell, you know, I can tell. Even the blood, you know, while I'm taking the film degree, they teach us how to make fake blood, how to put the fake blood on victims. They, they even show us how to film a shot with blood splattering from a victim. I mean, I know how it's shot, you know, it, it's fake, you know. So I know, yes, people are dying, but I, I see what's going on. It's fake, you know. The sad thing is people yeah. are believing what they're seeing, you know. So, mm-hmm. Well, right, these big psyops do happen. I do believe that big psychological operations do happen, but I think I don't think that everything is fake. Bad things really do happen in this world. Right, but what they're putting and what they're showing on the news all the time, most of it, I say most of it is fake, you know, most of it is fake. Yeah. A lot of propaganda. So, all right. All right, that's all I had to say. Thank you, Jay. All right.
Hello. Hey, Renata, it's Wanda. I didn't know I was going to follow Jay, but um, I, I think he has, he has there's some merit to what he is saying. Someone sent me a video about this Dallas incident, and it was an interview. It was a news media interview. I think it was MSNBC or perhaps CNN where this officer, I'm going to say an official because I don't know if it was a police officer or some other official, but they were. this was early on as things were breaking, and the man made a mistake, and it's on video, on the news media, it says, they're actors. They're actors on the ground. And so somebody picked it up, some astute person picked it up, and the the caption that they used as they put it on YouTube, this needs to go viral. And so what they're trying to let people know is that this stuff is staged, but the purpose for the staging is to get people to be as emotional as that woman was in the video that you played to get people to hate, to get people to be fearful, et cetera, et cetera. Someone else told me, one, this is a crazy thing because, you know, I kind of get my – I try to give the word to my employees little by little, like, you should watch this video. You should do this. You should do it. One of them actually came to me who's not targeted at all and told me that in Miami, the guy who was there saying is the shooter in Miami at the gay nightclub, is an actor, and he was in a commercial, uh, like I want to say Sitco BP commercial. And he, uh-huh. he told me, he says, while I was on uh, vacation, I saw this video. He goes, yeah, they show him, and then they show him in, in, on the commercial. So the guy that they're saying is an actor, I'm sorry, was a shooter, is actually an actor. So there's a lot, if you got, kind of search all these, major events that have happened where there's all this catastrophe stuff, you'll find these alternative stories where folks are, have video clips to show how, especially the one in Boston, you can see somebody did an analogy kind of clip by clip showing the fake blood, showing, you know, the people acting, look at their faces, look at this, look at that. And it does make you believe that this stuff is all staged, but it's for a purpose, for fear and for the chaos so that they can implement what they consider the solution to that chaos. Mm -hmm. Now, I did see see the the video where they showed where the, I don't know if he was a detective or something, and he was saying about, you know, the actors. He was referring to the victims, I guess, as the actors. Um, But I have to say this. I know people who use that term, actor, and so that that can also mean not only mean a physical actor, as in a person uh, pretending, but have you ever heard the term like bad actor? I've heard I've heard people say that before. Like some people refer to people as actors. So I can't really go by that. You know what I mean? But I saw that. I know exactly what you're talking about. I saw that. Yeah. But when I when I look at when I look at it in a broader context and look at all of the other uh, quote unquote false false um, events, then it makes me think that I need to watch this with caution. On top of the fact that they already called this this will be the summer of chaos, and mm-hmm. because that was predetermined before this event, you kind of when you put all the facts together, you certainly should have some 
question in your mind as to who's behind this and mm-hmm. why are we doing it. And that's, that's kind of how I process all the information, even though I try not to watch too much of it because it's just so negative. Mm-hmm. I do believe that there's someone pulling strings be, behind the scenes um, and that there is a bigger agenda to all of this. I, I definitely do believe that, yes. Um, Jay says not actor characters. I've heard people refer to people as actors. I've heard people refer to other people as characters. I've heard, personally, I've heard them both. We'll never know the truth, but I, I, I go back to the fact that I do believe that innocent people die in most of these um, events. I do. Especially with that club shooting, I, I believe, like, why would they clear out the whole club that night for a whole staged event? I mean, I guess they could, but that, that club happens every weekend, you know. So. Yeah, but 9-11 was staged, too. And that that was I amazing. believe that. I believe that. That I do believe. So they're able to do they say Sandy Hook was too and Boston Marathon was too. So look, I, my thing is this if they can pull off this targeting to the level that they do with all of us, they can certainly pull off a one time event wherever it occurs. Yes, I believe that. Yeah, but okay. I, I, I also agree that uh, innocent lives are being killed, and that's really, really sad. Yes, it is. Okay, thank you. I'm going to get these other callers. Thank you, Wanda. Okay, start eight if you have a comment. Hi, James. Hello, James. Put you Hello. On Yes. Hi, James. Hello. Um, yes, I just wanted hi. to make a comment. Hi. That um, I uh, I think that um, innocent people are killed. I I don't think sometimes that, uh, innocent people are killed. They would kill anybody that they don't really care about lives. They don't care about life is cheap. They just care about making these these um, false flag situations and scaring the most amount of people that they can without having they I think they go for not killing anyone because it's kind of messy they have to do something to cover it up but uh-huh. um they don't mind doing that and just like 911 it was all staged too and um I think I think it's important oh I, I also wanted to make another comment about that um police shooting and the lady doing that I I thought it was real, and, and it could have been or it could have been fake. I, I don't know why they would fake it, that, but I, I'm thinking about that. Um, I, I think that is the reason. I think everybody should do some thinking about uh, the reason that they're, um, this is happening to the police because um, psychopathic police are taking the place of, of good police I think it used to be that there was mostly good police and that they used to be picked for that particular reason. People who couldn't, who wouldn't uh, go off and, you know, go crazy or people who would do things in a methodical, uh, logical, uh, professional manner. They don't do that anymore. They don't pick people for that reason. They pick people because they would do whatever 
they're told without questioning. And that's what happens. That's what the situation is with the people who are doing this crime to us with uh, the, uh, I call them mercenaries, who are doing this crime to us. They are picked for the reason that they would just do whatever they're told, whenever they're told, and without any question. And these people are psychopathic, and for that reason, they should be all mass arrests. And it's getting to the point where we're realizing that. People are realizing that, and that's why all the violence and stuff. And uh, I think that, you know, as these police officers that are good are left, they're um, forcing them out. They're actually forcing them out because... um, who would want to be, if you were a good person, who would want to be in a, like a whole group, like police officers or any group, I suppose it was engineers, suppose it was electrical engineers, who would want to be in any group that's all bad? All, all of them are bad, and you have to watch them do horrible things to people, and you're part of that group. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to be part of that group anymore. So um, people who are good police officers are being forced out and replaced by bad ones. And another thing I wanted to mention was... That's a uh, good point. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And uh, um, I have have, um, associate degrees in electrical engineering technology and biology, and I have a bachelor's degree in computer science. I, I would like to have other people who are professionals or know about some particular thing. Probably it should be professionals. And have them get together. You don't have to meet or anything. You can or or not. doesn't make any difference. Just so you get a a network of people who have knowledge about certain things. Like I have knowledge about um, engineering and biology. And and that really, when you think about it in computer science, that's what this crime is made up of. It's computerized, engineered biology on people, people, biological units, people, I mean, you have to talk like that. It's kind of psychopathic, but biological units, you're, so you're using engineering and uh, biology and computer science to make people do what you want. And um, so my, my degrees are, are really specific and good for figuring out what this crime is. And if anybody had the idea that they wanted to figure out Who's doing it or what? I mean, not not that you would... I mean, it's pretty obvious at this point, but we can expose it by putting our knowledge together. Like Jay said, that it was... Uh, some of these things were um, engineered, like the the um, videos were engineered. He, he knows that. So I think that's a powerful thing to know. And I, I think that we should have a, groups of us that get together can, you know call on others to say, what do you think of that? What do you think of this? Because everybody comes across things that are different and that need to be exposed. And together, we have backgrounds of, you know, electrical engineers. I'm not, you know, anyone that's really smart. I'm just trying to figure all this out like everybody else is. So if we could have other engineers, um, chemical engineers, um, people in film, I mean, that's great. Fantastic. My my uh, email address is James J A M E S F L Frank Lima at 
jameslico.com, J-A-M-E-S-L-I-C-O.com. That's, that's my, good, that's you my website. What? I said, that's good. You should start a group discussing the things you're talking about. Yeah, I, I would. I'd like to get people with it with degrees, even advanced degrees, together to figure this out and expose it. And I don't know if it's kind of a it, – I think it's important. I think it may be some danger to it. I don't know. Um, uh, but uh, – I think we should do it. So Jay, please please uh email me and you want to. And it is it is dangerous because they could say this group is too knows too much. I mean you're gonna you're gonna think all that kind of stuff. But uh um anyway, so that's all I wanted to say. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you, Jay. Sorry, if you'd like to speak, we're uh, about twenty twenty minutes or so away from ending the call. Hi, Elvira. Well, yes, I wanted to say something. Thank you for allowing me to. Um, the way I see this, all that happened right after the verdict on um, Hillary, the FBI's verdict. All right. Huh? Right. Uh-huh. Go ahead. And to me, it's just like the good Bush-Gore election, then 9-11. It's saying, look over here, don't look over here. Pay no attention what's happening in our government and politics. A, distract, a distraction, huh? That's, That's the way point. I see this. That's a good just, point, Barbara. Pardon me? That's a really good point. Go ahead. And that's that's basically all I wanted to uh, say. And I also wanted to let everybody say to everyone that we have the action committee and that we need more people for the action committee. You will explain that to them, you know. But I just wanted to bring that up, make sure we don't forget about that. And thank you all for listening. God bless. And have a nice whatever it is you're having. We do have an action committee. Thank you for bringing that up, Elvira. Um, And our action committee meets after this call. And we are just trying to make... Uh, bring change to our community. We're working on different initiatives, different, uh, coming up with ideas for different initiatives that we can implement to uh, help our community. So if you are interested, send me an email, remu2 at hotmail.com, and you will need to go through a, a little interview process with the committee, and the committee will vote on whether or not um, you can be part of our uh, committee. So please send me an email, remu2 at hotmail.com. We do have several seats available for you, okay? Thanks, Elvira. Okay, so that's uh, remu2. John, hold. Star 8, if you'd like to speak. I don't know why my computer's so slow right now, but I can't really seem to get you guys uh, unmuted. Hmm. Okay. Hang on, you guys. I think I have to reboot real quick. There is one more clip I want to play. Okay.
And I will say, you know, people are saying these are false flags. Um, I, I, I believe with these African-American men who are being shot, I believe these young men, older men or whatever, and women, um, they're being killed for real, for real. I don't believe anything is fake about that. I think these people are really being killed. Now, all of these protests and that kind of stuff, um, I believe that's real too, actually. But I do believe that some false flags do happen. But these these people who are being killed, I believe that they are truly being killed by the police. Okay, my computer is frozen, you guys. Let's see. Let me try my, see if I can get in with the cell phone. It was nice meeting you too, Renata. I know, Mark. <laughs> it was so nice. Yeah, it was. You're so and nice. Then, and now I have a I have a name with the face. I can put it all together now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I, I have to say too, you guys, I was targeted by the Miami police. And <laughs> And when I got to um, Nassau, the Bahamas, I got the um, ambulance a lot. I was like, oh, my goodness, just like home. Just like home. But, yes, the Miami police did target me. Lots of sirens out there. You know, I was saying I haven't been that many places, but Florida is a place I think I could live. I kind of like the vibe out there. I don't think I would live in Miami. Um, although I love the beach, but I don't think I would want to necessarily live in Miami. But I, I like Florida. I like the vibe. All right. Let me see if I can get you guys. Yeah, like okay. Thank too. you, Elvira. I'm going to put you on hold. Thank you, too. I mean, it's nice. Lots of water out there. I do like that. Hello? California. Oh, hi. Um, I just wanted to say, well, what I was going to say is pretty much exactly what James said. And it seems to me that what's happening is um, because of the amount of drama around the shootings and if there's um, staged real shootings or staged phony shootings or a combination of everything, um, I think it drives away a lot of uh, good policemen that families look at that and say, can't you find something else to do for a living? I mean, you're um, like fathers with young children and things like that. I would imagine that it would be a very, very difficult environment to work in. And the other side of it is um, also talking about what you said, Renata, about bad actors and things like that, that it seems like an element of entertainment is being mixed into the news so that people look at catastrophic things happening and think of it in terms of entertainment. And, Mm -hmm. And it's uh, kind of commingled together along with uh, political campaigns and things like that <coughs> that are falling more <clears throat> into the area of um, entertainment. 
and people are not looking at it really seriously. And um, I hear a lot of people saying, I don't want to vote for anybody because I don't like either one. And that is also a very, very, very powerful um, political strategy. And that is to get the if, – if you're going to get voters to stay home, it's going to be traditionally the conservatives that stay home. So uh, if you really want to get voters to stay home, then the conservatives will stay home. And um, it changes the whole, chem- the whole chemistry of an election to throw a wild card in because then everybody looks at it um, like entertainment, like a hopeless situation and just entertainment, and that's not good. So I think I'm going to follow along with, um, I thought it over and tried to decide what the best thing was to do. And um, it seems like voting is better than not voting because that's what they want. That's the whole strategy but if you don't agree, I don't agree with either one of them. So I don't believe I know, them. I know. I don't know. I feel exactly the same way. So, I mean, how can uh, I? I mean, maybe uh, 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 the last election there was a Green Party person on there, and I voted for them, you know. So maybe I'll do that. Because there, there are other people that will be on the ballot that we're just not hearing about because they're not popular. That's true. That's true. And the other thing is um, to vote on other issues and I've had to do this in the past where I've just skipped one particular, um, you know, voting on one particular part of the ballot and said, I can't do this because I don't agree with either one. So, I, and I won't. I will not. I will not. I will not vote just for the sake of voting. I have to agree. Um, I have to agree with, align with my morals and values, or I'm just not going to do it just to, yeah. just to vote. Yeah. Um, but I will say this, if, if people choose not to vote for presidential or whatever, we still should vote on the local issues in our area. That's what I'm saying. There are other issues to vote on besides yeah. just the presidential election if yeah. you, um, you know, are not in agreement with, you know, your choices, then there are other issues that you can vote on. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is staying home um, isn't the best option, just not voting at all, even if you just vote on um, five local issues. It may make yeah. this rather than not voting at all. That's true. Okay, yeah. thank you. I'm going to un- unmute these other people. Thank you. Uh-huh. All right, we're winding it up, you guys. So keep it brief, please. Trying to get you a muted, Angie. Hello. Hi, Renata. Thanks for taking my call. How are you doing? I'm good. And yourself? I'm good. Thank you. Good. I, um, hmm. I, I personally believe the officer, she came off as very genuine and, you know, passionate. Um, I, I don't believe that was acting, um, but, you know, I guess that's neither here nor there. But 
Um, I personally, um, I just wonder, do anybody remember, first of all, I think that policemen are hypnotized, that they are trained a certain way, and I'm hoping that people remember, I think it was last year or a couple of years ago where they showed where the policemen were actually using in their training black men to be the target, to be shot oh, at wow. for shooting really? training. Yes. It was online, like, I mean, it was crazy online, like, last year, maybe a year and a half ago, and they were getting in trouble for this. Yeah, so when these policemen go out, they don't even realize, they, I mean, I really believe that during their training that they are hip, hip, hypnotized. They're under mind control, and targeted people, of all people, should realize the power of mind control. They, these policemen don't even understand, and then just like, okay, when that officer, the, the clip that you played, um, she said, um, it's like, they don't, I think that the way they work this system is, it's like an assembly line. Everybody have parts, just like the perps that come at us. They don't know the whole story. They just know that they have a, a, a certain role. You know, she doesn't know that, like, uh, the average person doesn't realize that, and and mainly the people that complain about black men not marrying, you know, that they don't they don't marry their own or they don't marry, they're breaking up, the, they're the problem of the family. Well, well, they don't realize, people don't consider that the system, the, the judicial system, the, the law, the, the satanic system, you know, because we have so many systems, that they're forcing the black man to do what they're not doing. You know, mm-hmm. they're forcing them to be perps, to come home. These, most of, a lot of my perps are black men, young black men. That would, I'm sure that if they weren't forced into this, that they would marry, they would be the man that society, you know, complains that they're not. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, there's just so many things, but I do remember that. And I'm going to try to find a clip to, to send you, um, you know, um, the video of that where they were having, where they were shooting the black, that the black eyes were used. To go. So that's what the policemen are doing when they go out there. That's what they're hypnotized. And, and I think that I'm going to say this, and I know you got a lot of callers and clips and things to go. But I think that, and, and, and most people are going to take this as negative, but the reality is we as people have sinned so much. And if you read the word of God, God is not, he is not tolerant with sin. He's patient. But the bottom line is everybody keeps look, looking for an answer. They're looking for the next MLK. The answer is Jesus. It's the truth. We need the truth. That's, that's what we need to do. We need to stop sinning. We need to, 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 to just, the answer is simple. It's Jesus, but don't nobody want that answer. They want their flesh to be pleased. So they keep looking for all these other answers, and the, the answer is in Christ. When, when one person sins or, or murder, I mean, that's a sin. When it, these people are murdering, like if, if, and I'm not trying to be racist here, but if white people or whomever, if they turn their head to these murders that are, it ha- it's affecting all of us. So I mean, we're this is human. This is a fight against humanity. They're trying to kill humanity. That's Satan's goal. He wants everybody to go to hell with him. Period. And when one thing affects you, it affects me. I don't care how long it takes to get around. It, it affects us all. And we really the the whole the whole thing with society is 
we've gotten away from God. And that's just, that's it, period. It's a spiritual war. And people that's in the physical realm, they just don't understand that. And they, they are still looking for the answers in the physical realm. They're looking at the way the world has trained us to to take care of things of ourselves. This is not our self problem. Only God can do this. He created the world. He, we got to depend on God and live right. And that's just, I believe, I mean, I'm an activist, don't get me wrong, but my true trust, it does, my trust does not, it's not in senators and policemen and whom even in, in my activism, I do my part, but my trust is completely in God. And a lot of this stuff that's happening, people just don't want to realize that it's supposed to happen. It's going to happen until we all get right as a collective. So, I mean, that's I can go on and good. on, but I'm going to hang up. Thank you so much, Renata. That is very true, everything you're saying. Thank you for your comment. Oh, you're very welcome. Bye-bye. Okay. Um, I, there is another clip that I would like to play, you guys. So there's a couple other people that uh, wish to speak. So if you could keep it brief, I'm going to try to get this clip in before the end. This is very important what this guy has to say. So keep it brief, please. Hello, Jay. Yeah, hey, Renata. Hey. Yeah, like the um, like the nightclub scene in Orlando. You say like um, how they would have a, create a hoax inside of a nightclub. You know, when a nightclub has to make money, it's just like filming or filming any other day or making a production. You know, you get permits. You know, you get actors. You get everything. You know, and you rent out the club and you you film your production. You know. I mean, you can film. There's been movies with that um, that were about football stadiums, you know, with people in in the football stadiums or baseball stadiums or you know, um, um, like um, airports. You know, they don't totally shut down the airports, but they they do filming at the airports. You know, they do things like that. Oh, know, that's so, true. That's true. Yes. Yeah, so it's filming. You just get the permits, and like me, even me, I can get permits and shut down the street and do filming if I get the permits. If I get, you know, hire police officers to, you know, you know, direct traffic and things like that. You know, it's like it's it's all like a production. Yeah, you know, so that is true. Right. So I can, like I said, I can spot things like that. These these videos that they're and like like I said, they're using bad actors. You know, they can, they can use good actors and make it look really believable. But they're not even doing that. They're using bad actors, you know. So mm-hmm. you know, like I can I can spot it. Yeah, you know, it's it's so fake that it's I don't even want to. I don't. I'm not even gonna make a video about. It. That's how fake and ridiculous it, it is. But the scary thing is, you watching all these fake videos. You know, when someone actually really gets killed, people are gonna start thinking. You know, it was fake. You know. Mm. You know, people are gonna say it's fake. You know, people are gonna say, how are you gonna say it's fake when I just buried my family member? That's the scary thing. And um, yeah. like, and like Angie was saying, these um, some of these cops are brainwashed. You know, it's true they are brainwashed. You know, even watching, even a cop watching um, another cop shoot another uh, black person, that cop is getting brainwashed. And, you know, it's it'll be easier for that cop to shoot a black person, believe it or not. You know, so yeah. Although I know some of the filmings, you know, it's fake and things like that. You know. You know, I know I can get killed by a cop because, you know, they are brainwashed. You know, every time you watch you watch a cop killing, a cop watches another cop killing a black person, it's easier for them to kill that black person. I don't care what, I don't care what they say because they, that, that, that now is in their mind. So, yes, I, even though I know some of the shootings is fake, I take caution, you know. I get afraid sometimes when I see cops when I'm at, when I'm, when I'm out in the morning because 
I know how they can get easily brainwashed because of what they see on the television, you know. Whatever they see on yeah. the television that's acceptable and that people don't, don't say anything about, that's what they're going to do. That's why you have, you have cops kicking, kicking people on the ground because that's acceptable and that's what, that's, that's what they're allowed to do. That's why the trend, you know, you saw the trend of cops running over um, guys that they're chasing with their vehicle, just running them down because, you know, that became the trend, the trend and, it, and it became acceptable. Nobody was saying things about it. So the cops get brainwashed just, just, as, just like everybody else. So that's all I wanted okay. to say. Thank you, Jay. All right. Trying to do this for myself, um, so it's a little more difficult. Okay, you guys. Um, <laughs> I want to play this clip. Uh, so. So if you guys can keep it very brief, please. Hello? No, I'll skip it. I'll skip mine. Okay. Hello. Hi, Renata. This is Jeannie in Northeast Florida. I'll make it real brief because I don't have a whole lot to say anyway. But I get tortured with these, um, what I like to call flying tasers that belong to the U.S. Navy. So I have been for about 15 years. And so I understand a lot from where black people are coming from, although I'm white. And... I wanted to ask a question for anybody who might be able to answer this. Both the Louisiana murder and the Minneapolis murder, both victims said that I do have a gun. So is that something that is taught that you're supposed to let a cop know that you have a gun? Um, Because it looks like if you say you have a gun, they kill you. The cop kills you, so she has well have, I don't know and, if it is taught, but it is wise to let them know that you have one. I would think that it is wise, and this guy who was killed, his girlfriend said he had a permit to carry that gun, so uh the fact that his car was probably going to get searched, he apparently wanted the officer to know right up front, I do have a weapon, I'm letting you know that I do have a weapon. Um, but, you know, that, that shouldn't have warranted him getting killed. I mean, he let the officer know that, yes, I do have a gun. And then he, he according to the girlfriend, he uh, the officer told him to get his uh, driver's license out. And he was getting the driver's license out, and that's when he got shot and killed. Now, the attorney for the officer said that the officer was reacting to the fact that there was a weapon in the car. But they should be trained to handle weapons in the car. If he needed to call for backup or have the people come out of the car and put their hands up or whatever, that's what he should have did. I mean, people do have license to carry. 
So that's my answer. Did that answer your question? No. I don't know. I'm just concerned that if people say, I am in possession of a weapon, I have a gun, and it just is an alarm for the cops. They act like you're going to pull the gun and kill the cop, and that's not what's going to happen. In Louisiana, um, they jumped him. The two cops jumped him. He wasn't pulling the gun on the cops. But after they killed him, I can't even watch it on the video. I have to cover my eyes up when the cop goes to pull the gun out of his um, holster and point-blank kill the man. Um, what they did was they confiscated the video from the food store immediately. And that's mm-hmm. another question real quick, if anybody knows. Don't you have to have a warrant to take possession of something from someone's private personal belongings. I mean, I wonder if that food store man had the right to say, um, you don't have a warrant to take my video. Get a warrant first. And then he could have shown it to the news media. So we would have seen, because the food store owner said he had on film the whole thing, the whole from his angle, and it would have shown... Well, that's the problem is that most of us don't know our rights, you know, including me. I don't know all of them. I do know a few of them. So that that is part of the problem that we they do get away with things that they shouldn't get away with because we don't know our rights. Like the cops could have just walked in there and said, um, we need the film for evidence. I hand it over, please, or something like that, you know, in a nice right. way. And talk. And he was a foreigner anyway. I think he may have been. I can't. Remember, I think he was from a foreign country, and he probably was afraid. And like we don't know the law. I mean, I'm not a foreigner, and I don't even know the law. And he probably gave right. it to the cops. He didn't want to get shot. He didn't want to get in a fight and a tussle with the cops either. That is true. Okay. Um, thank you for your comments, Jeannie, right? Did you say Jeannie? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to put you on hold. Thank you for your comment. Okay, you guys, we have about um, six minutes or so, so I apologize for those of you who uh, have your phone lit up, but I I do want to play this clip, okay? So you probably will not get to comment. But I'm looking at all of you, and all of you have already commented, so. Um, I do want to play this clip, though, because this is important. This is um, a rapper by the name of Killer Mike. I I don't think I've ever heard heard of him before this. But uh, he did an interview regarding the recent um, killings of the black men, and he had some really important things, I thought, to say, uh, 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 expressing himself on... Hold on one second. Okay, so again, uh, this is a clip by a, a rapper by the name of Killer Mike who did an interview uh, giving what he felt would be solutions uh, that black people should follow um, due to these recent uh, police killings and how black people are treated in America. So I thought he said some really good things, so here it goes. Very hard time. I just finished the TMZ interview. Shanika just got to see me just bad on TV. I'm just filled with hurt and grief. And, um, you know, I just, 
I know y'all feel the same way. I really know y'all feel that. And uh, I just want to say, you know, it is time to get angry and do something. You know, it is time to prevent these abusers and these police that abuse the law. I mean, in Atlanta, man, we have a police force that's subtly different from some I've seen around this country. I have survived more encounters with police here. Um, there's a different type. Nothing is perfect, but I just want to first salute some of the officers that we have on ground here because I've seen many murder with video on World Star dealing with Atlanta police officers, and they have not murdered. You know, I just thought Atlanta police officers dragged to a woman calling them out of their name racially off a plane in Atlanta, and she survived the encounter. She right. wasn't murdered. You know, I've seen black police officers here arrest wild Trump dudes outside the club. They weren't murdered. They survived. You might have called a charge you didn't like, but around this country, you know, 15 minutes, 15 miles outside Atlanta, I'm afraid I will be murdered. And I'm tired of living in an environment where this city is the only place in this country I feel safe. As a black person, you know, people wonder why people love Atlanta so much. Why you come? You feel, oh, you feel. But we're not running around worried that we're going to be murdered in the streets. So, you know, people who live in Atlanta, we owe the rest of the country something. We owe them our outrage. And we don't have to burn our city down. But what we can do is go down to your banks tomorrow. You can go to your bank tomorrow and you can say until you as a corporation start to speak on our behalf, I want all my money. And I'm taking all my money to Citizens Trust. And I will deal with the inconvenience of an ATM charge. In fact, we can sit down with Citizens Trust and we can tell them, like some of the other smaller banks, we're going to get you to waive your ATM charge. If we move this amount of money to your bank, then what we're going to do is to start to, to divert money away from the system. And it's worse. Apartheid ended in South Africa because students in America said, we're not flying Delta anymore. We're not drinking Coca-Cola anymore. We're not supporting any corporation that supports the apartheid and the enslavement of people who look like us. And I'm just saying, once again, right now, I ain't saying Mars, cold hand speech. I'm saying take your money out of this dog's hands, out of their paw. Take your money. When it's time to vote for prosecutors and judges in Atlanta, Georgia, make sure they come before you and talk, or make sure you run your own candidate. It's time to get these dogs out of office that care nothing for you. It's time to get these people nationally. If a presidential candidate is not going to give you something, you stay at home. You stay at home, because ain't nothing changed for black people anyway. You stay at home. I was talking to the elderly wife of one of the greatest civil rights leaders to ever have come out of Alabama and to have co-ran many marches, co-organized many marches with Dr. King. Reverend James Orange, when I was talking to her, and she said when people asked her about the recession and how bad it was, she said, what recession? Because mm. black people, you've always been so close to the bottom, you know what the dirt looks, tastes, and smells like. Atlanta is one of the three to fifth richest cities in this country with one of the biggest wealth disparities. So black people, take your money. Stop taking your money to Buckhead for a month. Don't you shop Norfolk Greenbrier for a month. And see what happens then. If you're really tired of it, vote the entire school board out. All of those dogs. Get them out. Every single one of them. How have they rewarded you? 
you got school system names for black emancipators and educators. They not even elect. They not even getting children out that are reading and writing on a company function. So get mad about everything because the same people that control your police, control your school board, control your mayor's office, your city council office, and this city will respond to you. If you wake up the political establishment in this city, they will nationally go to other cities and say, hey, man, you know, those Negroes in Atlanta who got it pretty good, they upset. And if they upset, it's a problem nationally. If you stop spending money in Atlanta nationally, it becomes a problem. If all the black athletes in Atlanta don't show up for work on the same day, that's a problem for that stadium that's getting built. If the White House says, I won't play a game for the Hawks, and feel nationally the NBA says something against it. Now, what are we prepared to do? Are you going to take $100 out of your account? You ain't even got to take all your money out. We need 1 million people in Atlanta to take $100 out of their existing account. Put $100 into a citizen's trust account. Let $100 million move into that. Take that $100 million and promise fifteen dollars to $18,000 loans for black businesses for small homes. Black people, you want to know what you need to do post this? You need to move into the bluff. You need to move to the west side. You need to invite new political candidates to run on your behalf. You need to make sure that you have more police chiefs like George Turner and less like these dogs nationally that don't care anything about you. You need to make sure you have mayors that are accountable to you like you have the last 40 years. You need to make sure you got more madness, more casinos, more Andes. And if you don't do that, and the worst that happens is your fault. You know, David Banner said that he spoke on the Brock Newman show a few weeks ago, my brother, man. That brother said, you got two choices. You can attack them through violence, and you can attack them through money. Now, everybody's not afraid to kill each other, but we seem to be afraid to kill a clear and open enemy. So if you ain't going to take them M16, them Kaklistikov, and all this other stuff that you rap about killing each other with it, if you're not going to take them to the street, then at least to my rappers and my entertainers, help these people direct their money in a way. If you're going to buy a wing, stop asking Rick Ross only first. If you're going to go to Chick-fil-A, get those to one in Green, Brown, Cap Creek. But don't allow a dollar of your money to leave your community again and to these dogs that ask for your vote, to these dogs that ask for your money, and to these dogs come begging for you to get back into the economic system. Don't you spend a dollar. If you're going to buy some hair, buy it out of a trunk from a black person. But don't you spend a dollar with a dog who don't speak up to you, who don't speak up for you. You know what I loved about Baton Rouge? That brother died, and that store owner said, that was my friend. If the person who owns your corner store doesn't treat you like that, shut them down. And I don't mean standing in front of a cleaner that Greenbrier talking about, don't go to this one. I mean standing in front of that cleaner that Greenbrier pointing to the black one and say, we only go to that. We only shop with ourselves. We only deal with ourselves. Until you do that, you are nothing but a bastard child of this country, and you will be treated as such. You love watching Game of Thrones. Oh, it's such a good, oh, Khaleesi, oh, Khaleesi, Khaleesi, Khaleesi. She couldn't freedom slaves until they got tired of being slaves. Harriet Tubman said, I have freed a thousand slaves. I could have freed a thousand more had they only known they were slaves. And wasn't nobody having no chain on, getting beat, didn't know they were slaves. The people who got a little more food knew they were slaves, didn't know they were slaves. The people who could wear some fancy clothes, 
And see, that wasn't just Uncle Tom. We were intelligent people doing slavery. So we had already built the secondary economy for ourselves. We had already agreed, well, okay, we'll be number two. Every master ain't such a bad master. We'll be number two. But what I'm telling you, we don't have to be number two no more. We graduate more college women, more college graduated, more college educated women with degrees are black. We don't have to be number two anymore. But you don't have to act like you're number two either. You don't have to beg anybody for what God gave you. You were free when you were born. My advice to black people is do whatever it takes to survive a police encounter. Don't give them a reason to kill you. But should you have to fight for your life, it is certainly better to have to look at a jury than your mother look at a Paul Bear. We know that you were on the campaign trail with Bernie Sanders, and, man, I, I really wish that he was still in the running. Um, I really wish I would have been allowed to talk about him when I was up here doing Ricky Smiley show. But I was not. What? We know this is radio. We're not going to make no plays and no contention. This will get cut. This will not make it. Okay. The reason you guys didn't hear me say Bernie Sanders is because uh, one of the most powerful people at this station, God bless him, I love him, he's a good brother, but he works for a corporation. That corporation didn't see fit me to talk about Bernie Sanders. He sat in this whole interview and made sure that I'm not speaking about Bernie Sanders. Now that Bernie Sanders is what people say in effect, I was a race now. It's cool to talk about Bernie Sanders. I want to manage my mind black like people about that too. Stop picking what these people tell you to say choice. I was in the meeting last night at the request of um, DeKalb County's new CEO, but will be the new CEO, Michael Thurman. Um, I was um, to decide the Democratic platform. If you read AJC today, they talked about what I brought up. What I brought up was black men. What I brought up was police. You know, what I brought up was BS drug laws. What I brought up is what affects our people at base level. But, you know, all those other people supporting Hillary and that. But I'm going to just tell you right now, you don't have to keep taking second tests. You don't got to keep being a political party side woman. Well, they come and creep in your churches and do the dance. You know how men do they sideways. Things they never do with their wife. And hot sauce ain't coming out when, they, when, it, when, it, when, it, when, they, when they're in Buckhead doing those lunches. Hot sauce come out and sat on camera. That's what you need to learn how to do. You need to do something where you know, if worst came to worst, I can take care of myself. I can fish. I can cook my own grains. You know? But what you can't do is keep depending on the system you say hates you to do right by you. That's like a woman who's been beat on talking about a man, saying he'll see he's hurting me eventually. A lot of those women just end up dead. Right. So do you have any uh, political aspirations? My political aspiration is to smoke marijuana in strip clubs in Atlanta over the 5 o'clock in the morning, get a new school board in the city of Atlanta, 
and make sure that our next mayor is going to be the greatest dynamic as all our other mayors have been in the name of the working class. Amen. Well, thank you so much. Okay. That was uh, Killer Mike who did an interview with uh, 107.9 radio station regarding the the recent uh, police shootings uh, of black men. Um, he said some real, real powerful things. Uh, we could have left the strip, part, strip club part of it out. But he did say that we have to hit them where it hurts. You know, we want to see change, that we have to move our money from the system, put our money in certain banks who support us. And this is not only for black people. This is for humanity, I'll say, because really the war is against everybody, not just black people. This this happened, and some other things happened with black people. This is true. However, um, the people who are pulling the strings from behind the scenes, they're trying to enslave the entire world. And if we want to see a change, like he said, we have to hit them where it hurts, in their pockets. We have to stop supporting these corporations unless they're going to help us as a people. And as he said, we have to get people out of the office that are not helping we have to call for reforms in the school systems and wake up the political establishment in our cities. I totally agree with, with most of what he said. Um, so I just wanted to share share my thoughts on, on, on everything that has transpired with these uh, police killings. That should not have happened. Those police were innocent. With the young black men, who uh, who were killed? That should not have happened. And uh, and I also want to share this clip of Killer Mike and and also the other clip with the uh, police officer. Okay, I want to end my recording, you guys. I'm gonna put that on YouTube. Um, all right. Any closing comments, you guys? Because we do have to wrap it up. I have to do another call right now, so I have to wrap this one up. Let me see if I can. You guys have to speak for like 30 seconds, please, because I really have to go. Okay. So I'm going to stop you after 30 seconds, so make your points real quick, please. Hello, Elvira. Yes. I just wanted to say about Janine. That I want to thank her because she came into Florida last year. I was able to depend on her. And and anybody that's saying anything about her misappropriating funds, that is not true. I did the fundraiser for her, for them. And one got angry because the other one got more. And um, this is what I wanted to say. And they did a great job, although... Many tried to keep them from coming into Florida. I had to reach out to the Florida uh, senators and congressmen and media to make sure they were able to come into Florida. And they all was reaching out. They want us to do something here in the state of Florida. And they said that if we cannot come to the state of Florida and put on an event, that please call Coast to Coast. Thank you for listening. Okay. Thank you, Elvira. Okay. 30 seconds, you guys, because I need to end this call. Trying to put you on mute.
having a hard time with my um, electronics. Hello, Donald? Oh, hey, Renata. Hi, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to say something real quick. I know I um, have to get concluding everything. Um, but I just wanted to say real quick, just being a former uh, police officer, um, but first I just wanted to say um, that, you know, there are good police officers, and me being firsthand, and I've been able to see it. And even in, in my targeting, I've noticed um, that this stuff is going on, but and a lot of officers are involved in it and in my targeting, but there there are some good ones, and some are just being thrown in the middle of this crap, you know. And yeah. you know, I've been able to see both sides. I'm, like that lady said earlier, she grew up in the hood, and, and I grew up, you know, in the, the same way. I've been able to see that part of it, and I've been able to see the police officer side of it. And seeing, mm-hmm. um, seeing growing up in certain neighborhoods, I've been able to see uh, there's a lot of hurt, and there's a lot of um, dysfunction in a lot of families, and people are hurting. And, you know, and, and it's like I heard Nick Cannon say on, um, you know, he's been talking about this, and he said that um, hurt people hurt other people. And mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of that going in, on in, in, in certain neighborhoods, and also on the police side, the police officers are, you know, are told that, um, you know, to fear these, you know, there's a lot of police officers in fear of, the, of certain neighborhoods. And so um, I recently heard one of the commissioners of Chicago say that they're trying to train certain police officers to deal with, um, to deal, you know, to go through a training when they're dealing with um, certain um, inner city youth. So they'll know how to when certain situations come because you know they, they, these are a lot of these are still kids that they're dealing with. So they have to re- be able to distinguish. Okay, you know there there may be something going on illegal, but this is still a child that, that I'm dealing with, or you know mm-hmm. this is still a human being. You know even though they may right. act a certain way. So um so but there is a lot of fear and me me seeing it seeing that my agency was turned against me. You know just the the, the um the trauma behind that and who knows what else is going on out here as far as police being turned and fear, you know, and I believe they, they, that the word was that they feared me, you know, just coming from where I came from. So if there's fear, you know, that it, it's, it's just, it, there's a problem, you know, and you, you know, you don't react, you don't react a certain way, like well, the, the way that you're supposed to, you know? Right. So there's this, um, there's, there's hurt people, you know, and, and they're, and they're hurting others. And a lot of this is to me is you know they're taking God out a lot of a lot of things going on in this world so you know and you know Satan is just taking over and this targeting is all this is playing I think it's all coming out you know through all of these um, incidents it's this stuff that's really been going on for years and years and now it's, it's you know it's coming out the targeting is going to start coming out I believe all of this you know it's playing mm-hmm. a part so I believe that too. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Donald. Okay. Thank you. It is coming out, and they're getting afraid of that exposure, and that's why they're doing desperate things like that uh, New York Times article. Okay. I'm going to take the last call. Brief, please. I have to go to another call. Hmm. 
can't get you unmuted. Hello, Jay. Hey, Renata. Hey. Yeah, the question about the woman, she said about the concealed weapon permit, you know, about letting the cops know. I mean, mm-hmm. like I like I had a concealed weapon permit, and it's no big deal to let a cop know that you have a concealed weapon permit and that you have a gun on you because you're not doing nothing illegal. It's no big deal, you know. So, you know, like I, I was pulled over before, and the cop, was, the cop that I got pulled over for was very aggressive with me, you know, and the cop asked me, did I have any guns in the vehicle? I told the cop I had a concealed weapon permit. Then the cop said, so you have a gun? I said, yes. She, she asked, where is it? I said, on me. And then she said, okay, you can go, you know. I mean, when you, I mean, common sense would tell you if a person has a concealed weapon permit, they're not really a big threat. I mean, to get a concealed weapon permit, you go to an extensive background check, like, by the FBI. So, you know, it's crazy that someone would get shot because of that. But you still have to be cautious because there's cops out there that are afraid, so... And if you had, I figure if you had any intention of hurting the cop with your um, weapon, why would you tell them I have a weapon? Right, right. You would hide. You, know? you would hide the facts. Right, you know? and you're you're telling them so that they won't kill you, so that they won't be right. surprised when they find it and kill you. But you know, I, right. I grew up. Everybody knows I grew up in the hood, and and I've seen um, many guys get disarmed, get their weapons taken from them. Right. These right. officers are trained to deal with people who have weapons on them. A lot of right. people right. carry weapons, legal and illegal. And right. I've seen them, you know, take weapons off of people. That's, you know, that's all that had to happen. The guy didn't have to die. Right, right. You know, it's just so. fear. That's most most of it is fear. You know, fear and untrained. You know, that's all that is. You know, because I remember mm-hmm. when I was homeless, all I had for ID was my concealed weapon permit. And I, when a cop asked me for ID, I gave him the concealed weapon permit. His partner was asking me, where's the gun? And I'm like, I don't have a gun. You know, what I tell him? I told him, um, oh, I don't have a weapon on me. You know, I'm telling him, he's like, where's the gun? And then he told me to stand up and he searched me for a weapon, you know. And I'm like, what is this cop doing? I have a concealed weapon permit. If I did have a gun, he couldn't do anything, you know. You know, right. if he took my gun, he would have to give me my gun back before he left because I had the concealed weapon permit. But because mm-hmm. I had the permit, I felt like my life was in danger because I had that permit, you know. Mm. So yeah, I felt like my my life was in danger because I had that. Um, I had that's the only thing I had for IDs, and that's what I did because I was homeless, you know. So yeah, things mm-hmm. like that happen. Okay, thank you, Jay. All right. All right, you guys. This call is going to end, um, and I, I thank you all for coming today. This was a good call. Normally, we do talk a little bit more about the targeting. But these these uh, type of things these affect these uh, things affect all of us. Whether these are false flags, like many people think that these are um, crisis actors and it's all a big psyop against uh, the people, oh, it, that could be possible. But again, I will say I truly do believe that whether this is a staged event or not, or these past events, I should say, because it was more than one, I do believe that innocent people do die. Um, and that shouldn't happen. So that is something that all of us should be concerned about, and we should we should think about how we can be the change that we want to see. Okay, so everybody have a blessed week, and we'll be here next Sunday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard, 3 Eastern. Have a great week, everybody.